Did you ever think about kind of maybe taking it a little more cautious as the fight went long and you were winning? Um, obviously, when you got some of the submissions, some of them are pretty tight. Uh, for some reason, I stayed on the ground with him. Uh, man, he's, he's good. Obviously, I'm going to talk and say he's not on my level. I was trying to get in his head as much as I could. Um, I thought I was in his head, and then he come back even stronger. So credit to him. Uh, you know, I feel like an idiot saying some of the things I did because he proved himself. That's 20 wins in a row. You are the featherweight champion in the world. Is it finally time for people to put some respect on your name, Alexander? About time, 100%. Hey, keep doubting me. I love it. I don't care. I'll be the underdog to the day I die. That's just going to make me work harder. Everyone back home, I love you. Searle, 59. The, this is actually the third podcast I've recorded today. Episode 60. You on the roll. I told you I'm inspired, brother. That's why we're not waiting for Brew. He's got the invite. He should know, too. He's got the invite, but no. I had sure to. He'll be checking in any minute now. I had to get a couple in today, man. I had to get a couple in. I got Little Man the next couple nights. The Wanderers play Wednesday. That's the last game for a couple weeks, I think. So... I had to get a couple in, and man, what a fucking busy weekend. What a busy, busy weekend. And I said this to you last time I talked to you, but it didn't hit me until Sunday morning when we were two-thirds of the way through the weekend. We knew Extreme Rules was going to be a dud, and it kind of was. I didn't think so. This is like, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on it. Like, we can't talk about this without Brew, but no, no, for me me personally, it was a bit of a dud. I don't know. I'm excited for Bobby. And Big E tonight more than I am anything that happened on the Extreme Rules card, to be honest with you, because it was everything was predictable. Everything was predictable. I Yeah, for the most part. But I, they did the best they could, minus using the whole demon thing. But yeah, I, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get save, into that one. We'll save that one for later. Time. We'll save that one. We'll, we'll start. No, we'll start with we'll start with wrestling, though. We'll, we'll talk about this without Brew, because this is kind of maybe something out of Brew's range, just because he hasn't watched in a while. But do you think that this was one of those like, Back in the day, those cheap cash pay-per-views where it was like bridged kind of in between, I think the Saudi show's next, correct? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. So like, is this just one of those, like, was that the whole premise of this pay-per-view taking advantage of the fact that live fans are back in the building and just booking matches for the sake of booking matches? It almost felt like a waste of time. They should have made something sexy last night and nothing was, man. That's my problem. I, I need your thoughts on that at least. The only thing I'd say about that, I guess, is that it's not, you know, your typical, you know, big four pay-per-view. It's not a or it's not a Survivor Series. It's not a SummerSlam. It's not a Mania or a Rumble. Um, so you can't expect a huge surprise on every show, on every pay-per-view like that. Uh, but, I mean, again, overall, I really wasn't that disappointed. I think it was, it was a good, yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. It, it was a good placeholder in between to get to Saudi Arabia with, Bro- with Brock and Roman. But I guess that's my problem is that it wasn't good. If that, like, I don't know, maybe I'm being overly critical as Jay Brew welcomes, well, or, or as Jay Brew welcomes, as Jay Brew welcomes himself to the show. <laughs> I guess just, just button into a conversation like that. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> but, like, I guess, I guess in Brew, just to kind of catch up, we're just talking about was Extreme Rules a waste of time? Like, I felt like it was. And it naturally happens in the pay per view schedule that you do get these yeah. shows. But with the fans back in the building, I felt like WWE kind of took a cheap shot here, grabbing the gate, grabbing the viewers, 
and moving on to the next one, basically. Like, nothing changed. Nothing was a surprise. Nothing was, like I said, the truth, sexy. So now we're all caught up. Welcome, brother. Right. But truth, yeah, like, I, I just, even with these kind of shows, there's always one, co- like, thing. And I don't know if you, you want to count Sasha Banks as that, maybe. Like, it, that wasn't really unpredictable or out of left field. That was kind of predictable. I, I just, nothing, like, the rope thing was, we, you Weird. know what? Let, all right, all right, all right. Let's 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 get into this right now then. Bruce here. Bruce here. Let's get into it. We haven't gotten right, to go. a deep wrestling conversation. We literally were just starting. So here we go. We're, we're right off the bat. It's 10 count ting. I got truth. I got brew. And we're recording this time. I, man, brew was an epic entrance. And I fucked <laughs> up by not recording, man. Truth was like rolling a joint. Uh, and, it, and we don't do video, but even the audio would have been gold to have because it was like, oh, what the hell what's happening i didn't know i was on a zoom no i was just oh, it was only on zoom the waiting list for like 45 minutes over <laughs> it was, it was wow. <laughs> makes for better production value at the start of this at least. <laughs> yeah. so i mean poor truth we're ready to talk now more to talk. <laughs> yeah but like i'm i guess just to like just right go right back to the beginning of my point like maybe even charlotte losing and getting back a title, like we've talked about that so many times, but like just something to spice things up heading into the Saudi show. But I guess with the whole the leaked booking of Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, and I'm putting my chips on Triple H. I don't know why he was on Colin Coward's show, and he mentioned something to somebody about him being in the gym, and he keeps talking about at least one more match. I want to do it again. One more match. You know, he's just had uh, heart surgery, right? That's what I'm saying. So okay, is there yeah. something that's be like back for a while? You don't think that he would just jump in really quick and no, like, a, really. okay, I guarantee Vince won't have nothing to do with that. <laughs> Vince, I, that's my son-in-law. God damn it, pal. <laughs> that's my damn son-in-law. Yeah. But uh, I, I, to me, that's what sucks about being a wrestling fan in the social media era is that knowing that Roman was fighting Brock, like, That's nothing to do with social media. WWE promoted that. What? I thought no. that was like they no, no. promoted it over there, and then they no, had no... No, 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 WWE. See... That. that was one of the things they were talking about in the Extreme Rules. It's like Paul Heyman was, you know, he was talking about, we, and we are going to Saudi Arabia with the champion, and that's not our championship, and that's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. And nine times out of ten, when Paul Heyman says that, it's coming oh, true. Fucking Paul Heyman. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I don't really want to talk a lot about extreme rules again because, like I said, it was a waste of time. But to we you, do... okay, truth. Give me your three favorite spots of the night. I, I would. Le- I'm actually genuinely curious because, as somebody who almost fell asleep twice during the entire fucking thing, just <laughs> what 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 intrigued you, man? Because nothing. The the thing that intrigued me the most was the fans. Yeah, like I have to give definitely. the fans props. And like even when Roman was pinning Finn, one, two, three. That black lady in the front row, her face is my favorite thing ever. If you guys haven't seen it, go on YouTube and watch the clip. Watch the highlight again of Roman pinning Finn Balor. This black lady in the front row, her face, she's just like. (sighs) The guy next to her is like one, two. (laughs) But she looks so disappointed, man. And she was me. Like if I was a crowd, if I was paying and being in that crowd, I would have been pissed. But I, I just truth. You see things, man. Maybe I'm blind to everything that's happening right now with this. It's Maybe just, Extreme Rules was valuable. Just give me three. Give me three points, please. Because I only I'll, have one point, and it's what I'll we're going to talk about. Yeah, I'll say this first and foremost. A part of this is, quote-unquote, AEW's fault. 
because they made the the level of pay-per-views like okay there has to be 110 different surprises on every pay-per-view now there has I'm, to be this not you to cut I mean? you off not to cut you off i'm giving you that because like i was just saying to brew there's always a couple like before covid there was always a couple pay-per-views i guess i'm inflating my own expectations because we are post-covid and AEW, you bastard. Here you go. Here you go already making me look foolish. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. But I mean, overall, the card, it wasn't that bad. If you're just watching it to watch some good wrestling. If, you, if you're going to tell me the six-man tag team match wasn't good. You know what I mean? That was a very entertaining match. Uh, the Usos tag match, that was very good. Even the women's uh, match with Bianca and Sasha was extremely good until the Sasha or not the Sasha, the Becky, Bianca and Becky until Sasha yeah. came in and, and yeah. you know, put a halt to that. But again, this is kind of like a filler pay-per-view. It's not your main card where they're going to blow all these feuds off. You know what I mean? Um, I guess and- you're giving, you're giving me my epiphany. Like I'm just, I'm realizing that I, maybe I am a victim of literally what you're talking about. My expectations have gone through the roof Yeah, because maybe I think WWE owes the fans something. So us at home and everybody that's paying a ticket, paying to buy a ticket to be there are kind of owed that. And this is way more common than I remember. This is just how long this fucking pandemic has been, right? Like yeah. maybe this is literally a side effect or a symptom of this pandemic and the, the new environment we live in. And not, not, it's not just sports entertainment. Like the expectations, a lot of these movies coming out over the next couple of months every album that has come out over the last couple of months and is coming out over the next, the expectations are through the roof. I think people are just ready to get back to normal and normal is, yeah, yes, this is what I wanted. It's not what we saw at extreme rules, I guess, Yeah, but you're right on the surface, man. Great entertainment. And then the, I'm glad you brought up the six man tag team match. Cause I said this to my grandfather, AJ always finds himself in those spots Definitely. where you forget about him, and then there he is in the middle of a feud or at least involved in something that's going to entertain you. And yeah, I guess I, I, I you, you brought me back, I guess, to the middle truth. I'm not rewatching Extreme Rules 2021 ever again. I guess that's no. what I'm getting at, except for the last spot, Mr. Brew. What did you think about that shit? Because I do want Truth's thoughts on this because I also have a bit of a theory on what happened with the ropes there. But were you on my side or on Truth's side with the entertainment value? And what did you think about that ending? Um, first of all, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, you okay. sound great, bro. Yeah, you sound great. No, not even bassy at all this time. You sound great. All right, cool. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I definitely get what you both are saying. And you both had some good points. I think for me, never seeing an Extreme Rules in the way they hyped it, like, I can see that, like, well, this isn't the biggest pay-per-views, but I was hyped as hell for it. And I don't think it, like, kept up to my expectations, to be honest. Um, like True said, those, the, you know, the, the first match was great. The women's match was cool. I, I didn't even mind the uh, Alexa Bliss match just for the yeah. future story of, like, you know, she's crying. and Is she going to go yeah. ballistic now and go nuts? Yeah, I would say I mean? that would be point two for me. Yeah, I yeah. guess Finn in the ropes was point one. The Alexa, after Charlotte walked away laughing, yeah. and she was even high-fiving fans, mm-hmm. which I haven't seen Charlotte do in years. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. There was so, a little bit of storyline after that Yeah, match. I'm looking that's forward to point. that storyline. But as far as the rope thing, I, man, I don't know, because when that music 
or not the music, but like the bump, bump, heartbeat came. I was like, oh, is this actually going to happen? And then, but I was waiting for something to happen. So he didn't win and it did. And I don't know if it was a setup or not. Uh, you know, I just watched it like an hour ago too, to be honest. So I, I was kind of disappointed by it, but I was hyped at the same time. It's funny too, because I just finished up with Steve and Steve had just finished watching uh, Usyk versus Joshua. So I was able to get like some instant analysis from him too. And he was just like, man, that was a massacre. But it was just like, I needed the instant analysis. So it's actually kind of cool to hear some instant extreme rules analysis. So for the people listening at home, we have our group on Facebook, which none of y'all are a part of. It's just the three of us. (laughs) And uh, this guy wasn't answering anybody all day. And I thought it had something to do with his hernia still, but it actually was on hiatus since Saturday night. He was pulling the truth. He was, yeah, he was, he was avoiding spoilers. He's a smart fucking man. He's a smart fucking man. So before we get to the next spot, is the hernia good? Everything good now? Yeah. I mean, it's still a little bit of pain, but I'm, I'm getting better. Good brother. Good. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, yeah. you know me, man, it took me pretty much until mm. provincials. Yeah. Like it literally, like I almost missed the provincials. Like if remember yeah. I had that. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I passed the week stage though. It's um, this Thursday be two weeks. Good for you, man. Getting better, man. You. But yeah. Right on so. brother. Right on, man. Right on. But yeah, I, I mean, like, like Bruce said, he saw both of our points. Truth, truth. I see kind of both of your points, but I really need to know what your hypothesis is on the rope thing, because I know you were pissed off, kind of truth, a little bit, or not maybe really. not. No, no, not, so, not so really. the, you like the cliffhanger ish aspect of it. Like, would you be happy if that was just it? Well, here, I'll just sum up my whole thoughts on the whole match. OK, the match itself was was awesome. Those yes, guys, you know, Finn and Roman put on an awesome match. I like the resurrection thing. Finn was down because he's the demon. It's, mm. He's supposed to have supernatural powers. You know I mean, what's I don't know why everybody's getting mad at that, but they're not getting mad when the lights go off and the Undertaker's knocked out and they come back on. He's standing behind the guy like nothing just happened. You know what I mean? Like, can I get, can I give you a, can I give you a quick quick footnote of that? Maybe sure. it should have happened earlier in the match. I felt like no. the heartbeat thing to the end of the match was super quick in a weird sense, and he wasted a lot of energy on everybody but roman you know what i mean like see i think the whole point of that was he literally just got killed so to speak he got speared through the barricade and it was like any other person to be game over but all of a sudden finn balor the supernatural ability the demon i don't know i don't know what it was with the lights if that's a demon's power or whatever it is but the demon took over and resurrected him and he was able to stand up and his health power went back to hundred <laughs> percent. That's exactly on. what it was. <laughs> exactly. And, but Respawn. the biggest thing, yeah, no, the biggest thing I had about it was this whole thing could have been done without using the demon. Mm. That was my point. They could have had the same match minus the resurrection thing, but maybe they could have did the resurrection thing to tease the demon coming up next. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Finn well, Balor actually, is and that's funny that. you say that because remember I told you about like the five minute makeup thing. They could yeah. have like rolled Finn under the ring and had a makeup artist under there with a fucking like. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a little too obvious. But but, but hey, you know what, man? For stories telling purposes, I would rather three out of five execution, but five out of five storytelling than the other way around at this point. Yeah, because we're only like, getting two out of three out of five storytelling. I yeah. want better storytelling because I know this roster can wrestle. This is exactly this is the best, like the top to bottom, male and female, like the best talent ever. And they're not being utilized. And as great as that last match was, truth, I'm on the same page as you. Stretch it out a bit. Yeah. Give Finn Again, like, 
a couple more like a, a couple more moves, a couple more. Maybe Finn gets a little cocky because he's the demon. Like, I got him down. Let me go up on this rope. Make it obvious that Paul Heyman cut the rope, if that's who cut the rope. Because I'm telling you right now, if Paul Heyman was not involved in the rope cut, horrible storytelling. Horrible. See, I, don't know, I don't know what they did with the rope cut. I don't know what that situation was. Um, but again, I think they could have done this entire, like, just picture that whole match that they had. Yep. But it's just Finn Balor. It's not the demon. But instead of the demon getting resurrected, it was the same thing they did on SmackDown a couple weeks ago when they just flashed the lights red right quick, the heartbeat, and then Finn Balor gets reawakened and, you know what I mean, kind of thing, and that kind of teases the demon coming up. But the rope break thing, we were all talking in the chat. It's like, yeah, you know, the rope break was weird, but it's like that, that music playing in the background, that was that was really weird. And I told I, I said it in the chat, I think literally that was just a cue. So when they go, dun, 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 they can cut the rope so Finn knows it's coming. So it's not just a blank cut and he just falls down, you know, and hurts himself. I, th- I literally think that's all it was because they did a timeline perfectly on the second dun, 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 and then the rope cut. So I think that was literally just a cue to keep Finn safe. Interesting. Yeah. And it's not a, the fir- it's- See, you're not the first person who said that. I read that on Reddit earlier and I didn't get into an argument with the person, but we kind of went back and forth. And I said, just having, and this is to your original point, just having the demon in this match just doesn't keep Finn safe. It doesn't. Oh, this I'm is, not talking about is... character safe. I'm talking about like physically safe. When he's standing up on that top oh, rope, and he doesn't me. know when okay. the rope's getting cut. Yeah, you know enough. what I mean? Fair and enough. he falls and on his leg awkwardly or some shit. And he did. But at least he knows two... on the second dun, 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 the rope's yeah. getting cut so he can prepare for it kind of thing. Yeah, but... to, to your credit, he did do a good job bracing that fall because the only thing I thought in my head was, damn, his knees. His exactly. Knees. And I literally think that's all the music was in there for. So they have a cue to, to, to cut the rope. But not if bad, you look at bad. it, the rope wasn't cut. The turnbuckle came off. Well, and this is what my grandfather was saying. And, and you can maybe confirm this. Do they pull the rope under the ring through the turnbuckle? No. So the is it tied? Is, it, it's, it's literally one long rope, as far yeah. as I know, that goes around and connects to one corner. Yeah. But those are connected to turnbuckles that you pull and stretch out and screw onto the, the post. So you have this long turnbuckle and then there's a rope in the pad. So that turnbuckle came off the post. Oh, but I don't know if they were trying to play it like the ropes cut, but I don't know if you noticed this too, at the very end of it, this one, is what I was going to actually ask you, like was, oh, okay, no, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, it's like the one, two, three Romans, you know, celebrating whatever. And he's standing on the ground and he looks up and he goes, thank you, God. Cause he knew something happened there. So it's, I don't think that was Paul Heyman that cut the rope. I don't, I think they're going to try to play it off. Like it was just a, a mistake. Like, it's just, I don't know if that was their way to try to protect the demon or what. I don't know. But it was, again, it should have just been Finn Balor. It shouldn't have been the demon. They could have done the exact same story without ruining the demon. For storytelling purposes, though, I kind of awkwardly like that. What, I do. God's involved? The whole, yeah, like, I don't know why. I'm a goddamn atheist. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is like, yeah, I kind of, with every every way Roman has held this belt over the last few months, from botches to just terrible booking, like, this wasn't the worst. It was just kind of like, really? You did all this scenic stuff over the last few weeks to, like, almost put the demon over to the point where I, last time I was talking to you guys, I was half sold that maybe the demon wins and then Finn loses it in a week or something. Like I was half sold. I just, nothing was protected to me, I guess is what I'm trying to say. 
to you, Truth, although like you corrected me, you were talking about his Roman was physical health. Roman was hugely, like, there's no, like, to me, the, the, I was talking about the luster of Ric Flair a completely different way this time around. <laughs> the luster of the demon, the luster of Finn Balor is gone to me. And I know that that was probably on the table as the sacrifice for what Roman Reigns' reign is right now. And that's supposed to be truly dominant. He's got quite the killer's row on his belt right now. When you look at everybody he's beaten, when you take away the emotion and you look at the actual resume, this is, I don't want to like get hyperbolic here, top 10 championship reign of all time. It's almost there. I'm not even, I'm not even trying to be hyperbolic and there's still something to go. Like there's, there's the draft is coming up now and we're going to do hopefully a 10 count on one way or the other. Maybe a live show. Maybe that'll be our next live show. I was going to say it's a two-parter, so we'd have to do a Monday and Friday. Yeah, maybe the Monday Night Raw. We'll do a, we'll do a week from today. We'll do the, the watch-along with the Raw draft to see how the full roster looks, if you will. But to me, just I, like, I'm on the page with you, Truth. I almost saw it the other way around. Like, give Roman a loss. To the demon, why not? Then Roman comes back with this energy, with this anger, and you book this feud for a couple more weeks, you can then take Roman Reigns versus Finn Balor really close to Saudi Arabia. Maybe Finn loses as Finn to Roman, and then you've got the belt versus... And then you have the option of having Brock versus Roman without the belt being involved. That's not going to sell. I know, but it's Saudi Arabia. Anything's going to sell. But here's Brock Lesnar versus Saudi Roman Arabia. Reigns. Bro, have you ever watched one of the Saudi shows yet? I've seen matches, but not a whole event. The general terms and, and you know idea of the Saudi shows is it's basically a glorified house show. Mm. So basically, you can't really come to expect a big title change or a big you know surprise to happen that's going to affect main stories. They haven't traditionally done that. I think it was The Fiend, maybe. Was he the one that won the title at that? the Saudi Arabia show. He was like the, yep. the only one. That's why um, everybody was fucking stunned because it was yeah. like, wait, what? It's it's for the most part. It just seems like these, these guys and, and gals, when they have a chance to perform on these shows, they're, they're there literally just to put on a performance for the King or for the Prince and the, the whatever, just to give the people mm-hmm. of Saudi Arabia a performance. So Chris is shaking his money hands there and that's exactly what it boils down to. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's a money grab, but it's, Again, it just boils down to a glorified house show is what it seems like. So I'm not expecting anything major to happen between Brock and Roman and Saudi. I expect something to set up for a Royal Rumble coming in January. That's that's, what I'm ex- that's exactly my thinking, too. Even if it's a fucking Paul Heyman face turn, because so these these guys beat the shit out of each other to a double count out or something. You know what I mean? Or like that, that. That's a big possibility, like too, right? I think I don't, the, I don't I think, think there's the, gonna be a definitive finish. You don't think the Paul Heyman face turn is on the table? Like maybe that's what they're when doing they pull Paul the Heyman right now, man. I just I, they're pulling the trigger way too quick on this one. They did that on SmackDown a couple weeks ago. I'm like, man, like why would you even do that? Like it's uh, yeah, this Paul Heyman Roman Reigns thing is so good right now. Like, well, this is where know. the rope cut. If it is Paul Heyman, then falls into that play. Like let's say something is in, like something comes up tonight. Maybe something comes up on Friday. Paul Heyman wants Brock versus Roman so bad because it's both of his quote unquote crown jewels, not to be fucking punny, but Hey, you know what I'm saying? And he, he (laughs) saw during the match that the demon was going to beat his client, the special counsel too. 
and he cut the rope like that to me I'll that's go back and look at that I don't that's know where beautiful Paul was this is the thing like to me i just rewatched it with my grandfather earlier today i watched the whole match i didn't see paul Heyman until after holding the belt but i think that's the there's that's the intrigue to it i haven't seen anything on twitter nothing on reddit no first-hand fan account, fan accounts or anything that would have showed like Heyman even pretending to do something like to, I, I think was there something during the intro like the last match before that they literally used that turnbuckle so was there a light cut out at some like I want to know what happened production wise in the arena I wish I was there because then I could tell you guys but like this is the part like I I, I have to give WWE credit as terrible as the finish was here we are damn near 24 hours later talking about it because there's just enough intrigue and just enough mystery to keep us guessing and keep us wondering. And to me, it's just, it's, it, that's a missed opportunity truth to do that Paul Heyman spot a couple weeks ago now because of the rope cut situation. Remember the phone ringing and it was Brock Lesnar's music. You say like, that as my phone's ringing right now. That's weird. That's weird. That's really weird. But remember when when um, uh, Paul Heyman was talking to, oh, gracious, what's that girl's name? I love her. Oh, yeah, and he got mad at her. Yeah, remember yeah. that? If they did that this week, even though we know Brock is in the picture, if they did that this week, then we know it was Paul Heyman who cut the rope because Paul Heyman wants Brock versus Roman. Because Brock is probably telling Paul Heyman what the fuck to do. And for some reason, and I hate to say this because I want to see Roman Reigns lose soon. As much as I love this, I want to see a weaker Roman Reigns try to get his title back more than I want to see him hold his belt much longer. I don't know if you guys agree, disagree, think, yeah, I just, that's something that I want personally. A fall of Paul Heyman would be kind of fun where both of those guys are just like, fuck you. We're going to do this ourselves now. You know what I'm saying? And I know Truth can't hear us because he's on the phone making them important business calls. <laughs> he's calling Tupac in heaven. I can hear you. I can hear you. <laughs> but like, do, do you agree, Truth? Like, is a fall of Paul Heyman kind of like, I think everybody loves and hates him at the same time. Like, Paul Heyman is great for the show. I don't think that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think anybody truly hates Paul Heyman, but to see him go under on both Brock and Roman and have those guys kind of go at it one on one would be a lot of fun. And then eventually Paul squeaks his way back in somehow, some way, whether it's with whoever's the champion or whoever, you know what I mean? But to see Paul kind of take a fall right before the rumble, for example, I think that would be fun. I think it would be, it would be a change of things because no matter who has that belt, whether it's Roman or Brock or CM Punk or whoever else he's managed over time, he is still Paul Heyman. And the spotlight is still on him. And like I feel like they're missing an opportunity to show Paul Heyman kind of struggling to still hold on to that spotlight. He almost feels submissive to Roman Reigns right now, which is why seeing him turn on Roman Reigns might work. <clears throat> if I may, good sir, <laughs> I will not turn on my tribal chief and your leader, Roman Reigns, sir. <laughs> okay okay so here's here's a good question for you truth and maybe brew if you want to chime in too i'm sorry brother oh it's all good what what happens first the usos kind of split away break up the usos get back to their contention or paul Heyman is no longer roman reigns's special counsel 
hopefully neither because like i'm i'm enjoying all this stuff right now so it's like i i don't even want to talk about those guys breaking like that's what i was saying with like the roman reigns or the paul Heyman thing it's like i i'm I'm enjoying this roman reigns paul Heyman connection thing right now we've done the brock lesnar thing for years and years it's just i was expecting to see this around wrestlemania time maybe but i don't know they just seem to be pulling the gun a little bit how about you brew well for me since i started kind of watching back I think one of the first episodes after I said I felt something brewing with with Reigns and the Usos. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where, you know, he's. Yeah, I'm that's not, true, not actually. Not that's true. That's like true. Shit, but he was and he was like, you know, almost like I'm a holier than now. So I feel I do feel like it's coming. I do like their dynamic, though, like Truce said, but I, I'd see that happening before I'd see Heyman probably ducking. The Usos getting kind of contentious. Yeah. Mm. And uh, Truth mentioned to us, too, in the chat, and I've been kind of doing some perusing, too, man. They got a lot of brown skin people, them Samoan looking people yep. in the performance center and all this I stuff. Know. I'm like, you know what? Power in numbers. The blood. Yeah. Imagine the bloodline just actually yeah. extending with Roman Reigns as the champion. Like, yep. the fans mm-hmm. would then eventually start to hate him at another level, yeah. which is probably what Vince is looking for mm-hmm. to a weird extent. And shout out to truth. The kiddo woke up. Oh no! Oh, Abel, Listen, I can't. I won't even start. I got. I can hear my boys right now. Oh no! Well, do you got to go do a parent check too? This is the one of the rare nights that I don't I know, have Jackson. Right? Oh no! I'm I'm good. They're just what their first night back. Zara goes to sleep really easy, but the boys are like, they might as well drank eighty Red Bulls. <laughs> like I shouldn't even put them in the same room, but I, I have no choice. Oh, I can just in, I hear them giggling in there, so I just yell once in a while. That's wonderful. Well, I'll get my liquor spot in. Shout out to Mr. McGregor's Proper 12 Uh-oh. Irish whiskey. How I is to, it? You know what? To be completely honest with you, it's not that great straight. Really? And if, I, if I'm if i drinking an Irish whiskey, I want it on the rocks. Mm-hmm. I had two glasses and I was not feeling it. But wow. I can fuck with it with Pepsi. Mm-hmm. It's decent to mix. And I, I think it's on that like Crown Royal scale. Like it's, yeah. it's better than than... Good old fashioned Alberta Springs. Shout out to the good folks, but <laughs> it's uh, it's not on that like Jameson level. It's mm-hmm. it's just it's just not there. It's it's good, yeah. But it's it's thirty six bucks. It's not forty six or fifty six or it's not bad. One hundred and six bucks. So I think yeah. Connor's doing. I see why Connor cashed out where he cashed out because I don't yeah. know if it has a profitable long term range. I think it's probably in the right hands right now. Yeah, as a thirty six dollar bottle in Canada, coast to coast. Yeah. I looked at the prices coast to coast okay. and it, it ranges from like 34, 36, 37, 38 bucks. It's a premium in British Columbia and it's, it's mm. plus 40 there. Okay. But yeah, I think every other province is less than 40 bucks and mm. it's less than 40 bucks in taste too. So I'll, I'll just yeah. be real with you, but <laughs> he jumped out at the right time. Yeah, I think he did. And shout yeah. out to him. So, well, while truth is away dealing with the, the young Prince, I, I got to talk to you about Mr. Usyk taking them mm. titles away from Anthony Joshua and just completely yep. flipping the heavyweight division upside down. I don't know if you caught it live. Don't know if you watched yeah. the whole thing. Don't know. If I, you I did watch it, but I didn't watch it live, but you did catch the whole fight. Yep. I watched the whole fight almost so, twice to be honest. Th- so I'm, I'm just going to, it's very, very idiotic and silly to do it like this, but from start to finish from the very beginning, how surprised were you that Usa came out like the Tasmanian devil in the first two rounds and when did you know that Joshua was losing the fight? Because I was just talking about this with Steve Steele last episode. Mm-hmm. And he said the 10th round he knew. That's when he turned the fight off. Yeah. For me, it was a little bit earlier. 
Yeah. Just because I've been watching Usyk my entire life and I love the man, not my entire mm-hmm. life, um, <laughs> since <laughs> since Castillo lost, because that's when I really got back into boxing was in London. But yeah. that like I just got really into boxing that tournament. And I remember this Ukrainian fellow who just cleaned everybody out and he's just mm-hmm. been doing it ever since. But yeah. I saw a level of Usyk on Saturday night or Saturday afternoon, I suppose, in our time mm-hmm. that everybody's being hyperbolic, Hall of Fame, this, that I always thought he was already there, but. It was nice to see an unknown. And I mean, Ruiz did it. Tiafimo Lopez mm-hmm. has done it. Like we've seen guys do this over the yeah. last couple of years, but to see somebody who genuinely deserves the respect and the credit for his craft yeah. for as long as he was as an amateur, it, it, I, I loved every minute of it, man. I loved every minute of it, but I guess that's just it, man. Like, give me your, give me your thoughts on the beginning of the fight. And when did you know the fight was over? I honestly, I wouldn't say I knew knew. I I think your buddy saying tenth round was like accurate. I feel like I knew around the eighth or ninth, but I also felt like from watching the press conference and stuff that Usyk just he he was just relaxed. You know what I mean? And not in the Nick Diaz way where you're like saying weird shit at the press conference. He just <laughs> he just looked like here's the thing too. Like and Usyk's been in an unknown, but. If you're obviously a, a huge fan, you're in the circles. The guy fought was a 360, 350 amateur fights. Yep. You know what I mean? Which which is one of the big knocks on Wilder. Um, I mean, Joshua, although he's a medalist, only fought 43 amateur fights. So I knew you said we give him trouble. I wasn't sure he would win for sure. But yeah, once the fight got deeper and deeper, I thought Joshua was in trouble. And I was thinking, you know, if it goes the way I think, and, you know, Fury Outbox is uh, wilder than, you know, Usyk and uh, and Fury will be a good fight. That's kind of where I was going to finish things up, but we may as well get to that now. Mm. As much as I love Usyk, I just don't know. We saw him overcome this size discrepancy, mm-hmm. but Tyson Fury is a goddamn behemoth. Like, yeah. it's just hard mm-hmm. to beat that man because he just overbears you. And he's done this to yep. everybody every single person that has gone in front of him where you think that the size and here we are with Wilder again for the third mm-hmm. time with somebody yeah. who actually kind of matches up with him that you watch the first two fights. And, yeah. you know, I'm not even trying to be hyperbolic here or, or act like I'm being a little bit overzealous, but Deontay Wilder looks like a midget next to Tyson Fury because Tyson Fury just doesn't stop moving. His yeah. range is wide. His head yeah. is always moving and people always laugh. Like, you know, he, he, <laughs> He looks like a freaking cokehead on the on the freaking bar table, but yeah, like yeah. it's just it's the unpredictability of the man. Even though he should be predictable, because he should be just a brick. Yeah, yeah. But he isn't, and and I think that with you know Usyk, he's a glorified light heavyweight. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the greatest cruiserweights of all time. I've had debates with people over the last couple of days. It's either him or Holyfield. Recency bias would say Usyk. Um, I, I, nostalgia, I guess, is the right word. Would say Holyfield. When you put both records next to one another in the cruiserweight sense, mm. it's almost 50 50. Um, I'm not old enough to remember Holyfield's cruiserweight career. So hopefully over the next couple of weeks, we can have a conversation with a few people because the rematch is on yeah. the table. In truth, I don't know if he caught the fight. I don't know, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, you've been as an outsider critical of what the heavyweight division has been because, like you said, who's the best? Who's this? Who's that? This literally only muddies the waters just a little bit more because the people who thought Anthony Joshua was the best, 
they have an egg on their face right now because the fucking cruiserweight beat their guy. Mm. So does this interest you more having somebody from another weight class come into what is supposed to be the solidified triangle of three guys and shake shit up? Or are you less interested because Fury Joshua, whether we agree or not, is probably the biggest fight that could have been made out of this entire package. So what side of the, uh, I guess, hill are you on with this one? Or do you remain carbon neutral, if you will? <laughs> I mean, I was probably more excited for the, the, the Wilder Fury fight rematch or like trilogy fight than anything. Um, but again, like, like I said in the chats there, I had no idea who Zick was. I, 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 haven't, I haven't caught up with him or not like that at all. And then when they're talking about this fight going on, the way everybody talks about Joshua, and like I've watched a couple of Joshua fights, and I'm like, okay, well, Joshua's just going to go through this guy, and then we're going to have the, the three guys left, and then now we got Fury and, and Wilder fighting again, so now we're going to be down to two, and we're finally going to get down to it. Now it's like, is Usyk beat Joshua? So I'm like, okay, well, if he's that good to beat Joshua Anthony, or Anthony Joshua, then, okay, well, he must be, must be a good fight. So it's, I'm, I'm going to have to go back and watch the fight and see what happens, but it's... Um, Ultimately, it doesn't deter me all that much. Although I would have liked to see a winning Joshua take on a winning most Fury. likely Fury. Yeah, but again, I wanted to see the best. So the best is whoever wins, and so that's where boxing has always been the pound for pound sport. If there's any sport that allows weight classes to shift and guys to challenge. So, I mean, Usyk has always been one of the top four, top five pound for pound guys over the last four or five years, even when he was just like kind of getting into the grain when he moved up to heavyweight and he started beating them guy. I mean, it's maybe we're looking at that second coming of an Evander Holyfield, just the light skinned Ukrainian version. Like it's this is this is a fun thing to see as a boxing purist. And I know Brew agrees to an extent, but at the same time, you know, this almost makes me cheer for Deontay Wilder. Because I want Fury Joshua, even if there's no belts on the line. Because if them guys find a find a way to get to Wembley, 190, 100,000 people, I want to see that even if there's no belts on the line. And then, and then the winner of that faces whoever wins between Usyk and Joshua. The heavyweight division is dead. What we literally witnessed on Saturday, unfortunately, is that the heavyweight division is dead. More people want to see fucking David Hay fight Tyson Fury than Usyk. More people Usyk. want to see Jake Paul. This is my point. <laughs> yeah. This is my but, point. Like, is Jake Paul going to fight Alexander Usyk? They're both cruiserweights. <laughs> I I think with <laughs> I like that these guys are. I like that these upsets are happening because me too. Me too. It shakes things up, and if you know if Fury won or wins, I should say, and Joshua wins, and they fight, it's like. You know, all the rest of the guys are just fighting for their little respect and maybe another title shot, but this just fucks everything up. You know what I mean? But like I said, with the with the Usyk thing, I mean, the guy fought 350 amateur fights. You know what I mean? Josh to Josh was 43. I know they're pros now. It's years later. But if you look at like um, Lopez has a, like 180 or 200, even Ryan Garcia has 250. Lomachenko is in the in the 400s. I think he's 390 something, but like, and even Mr. 900 professional fights, Canelo had 900 amateur yeah, fights. Yeah, so right? these top guys, it's something to be said for these, you know, these guys have fought so long in amateur. You know, if you go and look across the world champions of the guys that are on the pound for pound list right now, I'd venture to say you won't find a guy 
aside from Joshua or a couple other big names that had under a hundred amateur fights, you know? Yeah. And that's just, it's it, just Joshua the- too. The, a lot of heavyweights. It, it's harder to find a heavyweight nowadays, you know, that has, you know, the amount of fights that Usyk had, even though they weren't all a heavyweight, but I mean, he won the world series of boxing at heavyweight. Yeah. And I what mean, was that like 10, almost 10 years ago? And would, would, would you say, say truth, uh, Joshua, you call them Joshua Anthony by accident. I read a tweet. <laughs> I read a tweet earlier that said that wasn't Anthony Joshua. That was Joshua Anthony. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie Hearn knows what he's doing. He knows how to maximize his ducats. Um, but yes, I'm sorry. Truth. Go on, brother. No, I was just going to say like, and me being the, the, the common fan, just kind of peeking in here now, this upset on the weekend just exposes me to a new fighter. You know what I mean? Like it's now I'm going to start paying attention to Usyk a little more because, okay, he's good enough to be Joshua. So maybe now he's good enough to, it was the same thing yep. with the, the Andy Ruiz thing, right? It was like, I had no idea who this guy was. Yep. And then he had the massive upset and beat it. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, well, I'm going to start paying attention to what this guy does a little bit more. You know? So going into this, I basically knew three heavyweights, Joshua, Fury, Wilder. Yeah. That's it. It's, but now I at least have two more on the list now that I can at least pay attention to, but that's, that'd be the one benefit I'd say on my side of the things I got introduced to another good fighter. That's a good angle. That's a good angle. And like, like me and brew, we've known geez, a decade. Like London was 2012. Yeah. 2012. So like Usyk has been on the radar for a decade for us and the cruiserweight division as amazing as he's been, he, he never really fought the peak guys until the end of his career. He, we all thought he was going to retire to be honest with you. Truth. Two, three years ago, what else did he have to prove? I, I don't know if, if you agree or not, Brew, but like he put himself on the pedestal as one of the top two, three yep. cruiserweights of all time. He didn't have to prove anything. Yep. He needed to prove something to himself. And between the last Chisora and now beating Anthony Joshua, he's low key the king of the UK. He just has to beat Tyson Fury. Yeah. So it's 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 one of those things where we, we rarely see guys as young as Usyk is because he is still fairly young, have a second coming of their career and completely reinvent it. Like I, there's a possibility he's the undisputed champ at 33, 34 years old. How old is he right now? 32, 34. He's 34 now. Yeah. Okay. Pardon me. So he could be the undisputed champ at 35 or 36. His career is far from over. Yep. And on the flip side, he could beat Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder and retire. And, you know, maybe his legacy takes a bit of a dent that way because he's not going to give one of those guys the immediate rematch. But from my perspective, he challenged himself, he climbed the mountain, and he put the flag on the top of it. Hall of Fame, you know, the boxing Hall of Fame is strict. It does not put everybody in. It's not the Hall of Accomplishments. Like when they put Arturo Gatti in, um, and, and like, there's other names too, off the top of my head. I can't think of any right now, but like, he's one that jumps out at me. There was a lot of controversy to putting him in because Mm -hmm. yeah, he did a lot, but are you only putting him in because of the fights with Mickey Ward or are you putting him in because he's truly a boxing hall of famer? I don't know about you, bro. I would agree. Truth. You saw Arturo Gotti. I remember you talking about him in those fights before, like Mm -hmm. that transcendency. Is that what got him into the hall of fame or not? Usyk, we remember the Klitschko's. I don't know if, if you're completely familiar with them, Truth, but I know you definitely are, Brew. But the Klitschko's crossed over enough that you knew them because they were brothers, but they also kind of killed the division because they were so fucking dominant. Yeah, it's uh, well, who was the one that um, Fury beat? 
uh, Vladimir. I don't even remember. That yeah, was the end of the whole thing, though. I'm pretty sure. That's, like that that's was, what I was. That's like that's basically what I've heard. Fury beat one, Joshua beat the other. If I'm not mistaken, the one that Fury beat. The story I keep hearing is that like he basically ruined the heavyweight division by pick and choosing the shitty fighters and and yada yeah. yada. And you know what I mean? It's just so that's that's. I've watched the the glitch goes before, but it was just that's coming back into it. That's the backstory I kept hearing about him now and the heavyweight division. That's why it's so shitty, like what it is now. Yeah, and then the problem was is a lot of guys that were heavyweights that just couldn't break through that door. They would move down to cruiserweight. They would move down to light heavyweight, um, and it's super middleweight and just like overweight dudes fighting lean guys, and they just. Mm everything above super middleweight just kind of got boring to watch. Like there's just not a lot of intrigue anymore after that heyday. That was the late nineties, early two thousands where ironically it was the trilogy Lewis, Holyfield Tyson. And that exposed Mike Tyson for the trash that he genuinely was. Um, that's a, that's a hate on Mike Tyson, but me and me and Steve were just talking about this. Like he said, hot take Mike Tyson was terrible. And when we broke it down, yeah, Mike Tyson was extremely overrated, but highlights, they were tomato cans, I think is what he said, but highlights, <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be all you needed two highlights. That's what one, two, three checks. <laughs> <laughs> a that's and B, man. a and B, but no man. Um, and on a random side yeah. note, I know we talked about, um, Norm McDonald, their last episode, that was supposed to be either Mike Tyson's next guest or the guest after on Hot Boxing. Oh, could you have imagined him and Mike Tyson for an hour plus? Oh, that would have been awesome, especially since the Mike Tyson laugh for that long would have been. Oh, yeah, man, no <laughs> oh, it'd be hilarious. <laughs> and that's why I'm, I'm glad that they at least shared some sort of production with uh, Mike Tyson Mysteries because Pigeon was fucking hilarious, man. Pigeon is the best. Um, but yeah, I I to to kind of put a cap on the boxing this weekend. I think the buzz was there, but it didn't quite get the hype I wanted it to. And I, it's just me begging for people to watch it. But I'm also part of the problem because I post about Jake Paul. I post about Holyfield versus Belf. Like I, you know what I mean? I'm part of the issue. And there was just not that reaction to what happened with one of in modern times the biggest upsets and i can't say the biggest but with the aura and the respect that joshua has been given whether it's deserved or undeserved for Usyk to step up to a division that nobody else is really being considered in like mm-hmm. truth said there's three names <clears throat> ruiz became the fourth but i mean joshua redeemed that so yeah. everybody but just, he just became a name that i'm now going to pay attention ex- to yeah bit. and and not only did Usyk do that Usyk did that with a finesse that if he says fuck the rematch well then every belt but the wbo which would be in joshua versus whoever's hands mm-hmm. is up so like you know maybe Usyk does not become the undisputed champion when all is said and done but he's mm-hmm damn near the unified champion so it's it's the, this is where the multi-belt system is fucked and like eddie hearn man i I've, I've said this to you brew and i know you know more about eddie hearn than you would truth i love the guy but when eddie hearn ends up on the losing side of a situation that he thought he was going to win he's just indecent and obviously there's a rematch clause in this contract we all know there was going to be but the rematch clause in this contract was a split decision or some sort of uh, physical alteration. 
And Eddie Hearn is looking for a way to alter that to make it a, a, a fucking guaranteed thing, at least for the WBO title. Mm-hmm. So Usyk fights Joshua and Joshua beats Usyk, but it's only for one belt. So we're we getting part three. I don't want a part three of these two. No. And I think I think Usyk kills Joshua again if they fight again. So it's just <clears throat> I don't want to see it. I want Usyk to be strong and I want the WBO to maybe deny a contract alteration. Fuck a rematch. Yeah. Watch that fight. Why do you need a rematch? Goliath lost to David. Yeah. <laughs> There's that. It's over. You don't need a rematch because you know what? The second time around, Goliath might beat David. Yeah. And that's not favorite. That's not fair to David. As far as I'm concerned. It's just not yeah. fair to David. There's there's two. I know, I know we're finishing up the top. There's two quick yep. takes I have on this. Just I don't know. I'm only I'm comparing it only because Diaz at points didn't look like he wanted to be in there this weekend for the UFC. At points. And then I know, but you know, at least he was throwing hands at yeah, first. That's true, you know true, I mean? true, true. But White said, I don't know if you saw the interview after the fight from the arena that Anthony Joshua didn't look like his heart was in it. And that's what it was said about him when the Ruiz fight came. And then when he had the perfect sort of game plan for Ruiz too, and then he came into this, I wouldn't say he was as sluggish as he was against Ruiz, but I found like he didn't, once he maybe felt like he was losing, he didn't have that spark that you need, that champion, you know what I mean? Like like if if Tyson Fury, I feel like gets, you know, down six rounds to, to four. And in his corner's like, yo, like you gotta win this fight. I feel like Tyson Fury is gonna come on and beat the fuck out of you. He did that when he got knocked down in the first fight with uh, Wilder. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's I didn't see that in Joshua, and I was glad that I thought it, but I was glad Dylan White said it because I was like, you know what, I was thinking that he did too, didn't he? Dylan White did not hold back, man. And I mean, he's he's trying to maybe sell a fight too, but I I thought that before (laughs) he said it. And then you look at, um, I guess my other take is like the way he looked. Like, I don't know that Charles Martin doesn't beat him. I don't know that Ortiz, who's a fucking beast, doesn't beat Joshua. There's a couple other guys, you know what I mean, in the top 10. You know what I mean? And, and it's just, I don't know where he goes from here. Maybe if Fury loses to Wilder, then you have that, you know, Money Wembley, you have that yeah. Wembley, Joshua, and then they can go back for the titles if they want. I don't know. But I think if Fury beats Wilder, I don't think he gives Joshua that shot now. No, 100 you know I mean? not. No, 100. He's gonna go not. after Usyk and unify those belts. Yeah, 100. And, then, and yeah. then, I mean, I think Usyk's career, like, he'll probably retire if he loses after that. I don't I think he's. The Fury retires if he wins at all. Uh... Look what he did when he when he won against the, the Klitschko. There's something yeah, about he accomplished it all. Yeah, there, but there's something about Tyson Fury to me too. That says if he becomes the first undisputed champion, and as long as I've been an adult he'll want to defend that once, if not twice that he's got to, he almost has to. I'd, okay. Maybe not immediate retirement, but not yeah. shortly long after. No. That. Yeah. I think they're all gone in the next five years, including Joshua, yeah. like Joshua's 100%. career was never supposed to be a long winded yeah. thing to, to your first point, brew, before we move on, he said that during the post-fight press conference that yeah, he stuck to that. the game plan. Mm-hmm. I stuck to the game plan. I stuck to the game plan. A couple of, of the reporters asked him, you know, this round, this round, how did you feel? How did you feel? Mm-hmm. Did you feel like you had to adjust? You... And he just kept going on about sticking to a game plan. So, like, to your point, your first point, 
I've said this about Anthony Joshua in the past, and Andy Ruiz exposed this, and we've seen this even in fights he's won in the past. He does not have a plan B. He nope. doesn't. He never did. And you know what that comes back to? My original point of he only had 43 amateur fights. Bingo. You need the ring time. You, it's, it, it's like MMA. Like You can't replace being in an octagon, being in that ring, and, and actually scrapping with guys. I can go train for 19 years jujitsu and walk into the octagon and get fucking wrecked. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's because you don't have that experience of fighting. That's why Gable Stevenson. You know, I'm kind of glad he's going WWE at first because I, I, Michael Bisping said this week, like, I think he gets mashed by 90% of those heavyweights. 100%. You know, unless he really trains at American Top Team for two years and doesn't get the bug to fight right away, sort of like Clarissa Shields did. But she was, I think she did a good six months before she fought, but she also is not fighting UFC. You know what I mean? And she's not like all in for that paycheck. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's done. She's doing the Holly Holm remix. Yeah. And to Holly's credit, highly successful. Yeah. But she just, she just needs that new challenge. And that's, yeah. You know. I like if, if, if she fights this, not this week, is it this weekend? Does, does Clarissa fight this week, this weekend? I don't know. I got to check this I, one out. First, first side note of the night. <laughs> uh, Here's a little side note thing before we move on from boxing. Chris, you brought up um, biggest upset, possibly the biggest upset last weekend. Uh, Let's 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 give her what our biggest upsets in boxing history. What do you think, uh, Brew? What do you got? Ooh, biggest upset Ooh. in boxing history. I got mine in mind already. Fuck. As long as it's not Mike Tyson losing, because none of those are real upsets. <laughs> it, that's uh, what means Buster Douglas. Buster Douglas knocked. I out. wouldn't even say that. And shout out to Steve Steele last episode, man. You may you and him might have to have a debate on that one because, like he said, let's do it. All all Buster Douglas did was expose who Mike Tyson truly was. It wasn't an upset. And I, yeah, I actually, yeah. I'm more on that page. I'm I way guess. more on that. I don't page. know about that. I love you guys, but I would say if someone didn't have that in their top three or five, they probably don't know boxing. But here's the I thing, though, Brew. But here's the thing, though, Brew. Is it truly A versus B, or was it the aura that was created of Mike Tyson that made him seem like he was truly a better boxer? Because, like Steve well, said, yeah, that was the intimidation tough. side of it. But that's it. He, everyone that saw the fight and like the shit that led up to it after and mike tyson said himself he was fucking drinking and had a threesome the night before you know what i mean like <laughs> honestly if he if he went in the, the camp, i ever had right yeah he's, he's like Paulo yeah, Costa's watching down in balls of red wine anyway no, I, I just don't think if he went and had a true training camp i don't think buster douglas he wouldn't have went 90 seconds with tyson yeah it was just the fact that buster five. Douglas basically I'm, I'm, had nothing running up yeah. to it you know what i mean it yeah. was just yeah he got I'll give he you a top five. I hate top the fact five. that his personal reasons, but he had a massive dose of inspiration leading up into this fight. And I think that's literally the only thing that pushed him on to win it. Because, I mean, what happened right after he won it? Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'll give you I'll, top five. I'm yeah, I, I'm going to say Mike top, Tyson five, was yes, not, top five. Top five. But, but Definitely Mike top Tyson five. was not one of the most technical boxers out there. That's not that wasn't his style. Yeah. You know understatement, I mean? understatement. But he didn't need that. That was the point of Mike Tyson. If you he just needed to land a punch, and nine times out of ten, he's gonna land that punch on your face. You know yes. what I mean? He's not a Roy Jones, and he's not a Mayweather where he's gonna crack you with jabs 110 times. And, you know, he's just going in there to knock you out. It's I have one objective, and that's the soy. Win. <laughs> that's it. When, when you got your when you get your trainer, Customato, literally hypnotizing you. 
to the point where it's like you have one objective and that's it. Like it's win. That's that's the only objective. There's no there is no other objective. There is no other purpose. Your fair only enough. purpose is you know what I mean? Like fair enough. That's fair enough. what was Mike Tyson. Fair enough. I don't ah probably uh Muhammad Ali or when he was Cassius Clay, pardon me. Mm-hmm. Him losing to Sonny Liston. I, and I know I like this enough. is yeah. way before my time, but like I just that was the one in my lifetime when um Lennox Lewis lost to um Hasim Rahman. Yeah, Hasim Rahman. That was yeah. I remember like everybody was for me. Everybody was around the television and yeah. just losing their mind when it happened because I'm pretty sure like just about everybody in my family bet for Rahman just yeah. because it was such a huge spread. Like it was crazy. Mm-hmm. And like back then gambling wasn't as widespread as it was right now, but at the same time, it probably was even more so. It just wasn't quite as popularized because we're talking about a pre-social media world. Mm. But yep. like Hasim Rahman was supposed to be the, the best ever at that point. And yeah, no. Yeah. Can't think of any like uh, I was the, the only other one I was gonna say, but I didn't really want to count it because it's kind of cheap, but it was uh, Roy Jones of the Olympics. <laughs> you can't oh, count yes. the Olympics, bro. <laughs> well, it's it's he, you know. Fair enough, know, though. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. There's a few. I, I do agree. It's I'd pick different fights on it if you ask me like every day of this week, but I mean that I can't deny the Tyson Buster Douglas, but I would also throw in, which not a lot of people do, the Tyson Holyfield when he got out of jail. Yeah. And because only because he knew the mistakes he made with Buster Douglas. So then when he came back out, it was like, oh, he's a Muslim now. He's within his inner peace. He's he's back to the killer. And everyone bit bit on that. No, bit did on the ever. bit. And <laughs> thought he was, and he got outclassed and you know, obviously Holyfield's a bigger name, but yeah, I don't think anyone gave him a chance in that fight the way they hyped it. Straight you know? up, straight up. All right, yeah. we got to put the boxing to rest. All right, ding, I ding, had ding. To ask. You said you said uh, upset, so oh. I just I had to ask. Well, no, yeah. that that yeah. I I mean, I'm not trying to. I guess I'm I'm kind of pulling the whole Mike Tyson is not as great as people think he is into was Bro, that really the greatest game. upset of all time <laughs> yeah i mean steve even talked about that because we were trying to figure out like when did the mike tyson boom happen and i said it was like late 80s and he said it was like 87 88 because knockout came out in 88 punch out punch out i said knockout yeah, yeah. 87 88 will eat you up for that who will eat me up for that nintendo fans Oh, fuck don't, Nintendo fans. Fuck Nintendo fans. Bro, don't gonna... make me turn my camera around uh, to show you all my gaming systems. You, I have you go right camera. ahead. I liked N64 until <laughs> I lost my N64. Once I lost my N64, I was done with Nintendo. I got it right there. What have they done since? <laughs> the Wii was good for three weeks. I got one of those, too. Do you use it? Yeah. What do you play on the Wii? Mario Kart? I play, every, I play everything on the Wii. Okay. Bowling. Because okay. I have emulators on it. So my uh, Wii has the Super Nintendo. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> that's not a standard Wii. That's not a standard Wii. Before we move to the UFC, is a is a co-host Brandy with us tonight? She she just walked in the door. Oh, co-host <laughs> Brandy. That's she's weird. No, she's that's, away. that's weird. That's <laughs> weird. That's the Tim Hortons delivery girl. Yes, she ran away. Shout out to co-host Brandy. Shout out to co-host Brandy. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. That's weird timing. That's the second time. Your phone was what? Yeah, he said something about a call, and you were calling me the exact same time. That's weird. That's fucking you're, you're weird. on a roll. Play the lottery. Play the lottery. Right. <laughs> ah, ugh, don't even talk to me about. Uh, oh my god, I can't. Uh, brew, because you're the betting guy. You're you're the other mm-hmm. f- 
face of the degenerates of this mm-hmm. entire combination <laughs> here. Um, I played so many four game accumulators this weekend that were only supposed to be threes. And every really? fucking fourth game I picked was the loser. <laughs> That's always the way, man. Five fucking tickets, dude. Wow. And then, of course, the ones that I lost earlier in the night, the Packers, yep. they hit the spread. They hit the money line. The mm-hmm. over ended up covering on that last second fucking field goal. Yep. Everything I bet on the tickets that ended up all fucking swamping, but the Packers hit. I don't even know who's playing tonight. Philly and Dallas and... Yeah, Dallas and Philly. Foosballs for the devil. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Actually, before we move on to UFC, Truth, what is your number two sport? Because, I mean, wrestling is your number one sport. I don't give a fuck what anybody says wrestling is. It would have to be UFC, mixed martial arts. Okay, so what's your number three then? What's your number three? What's your number three? What's your number three? (laughs) See, in all honesty, I can't get into sports unless it's playoff time. Playoff time, I get really excited, and it's probably going to be basketball over anything. Okay. Shit. So who's your squad? You Raptors? Obviously. I'm Canadian, bro. <laughs> if you're Canadian and Raptors ain't your team, then just get the hell on there. Get the hell on there. me look like a douche right now. <laughs> Poor Brew. The Knicks fan over here. <laughs> oh, you can have another fan. You can have another team. But if you don't at least like the Raptors and support them, then yeah. it is what, you know, get yeah. the hell out of here. <laughs> There's many who hated a couple years ago. Actually, I believe oh. it. What yeah. pissed me off was the people who hated before. Yep. Then we're like, go Raptors. And now we're like, the Raptors suck. Oh, like, yeah, yeah we know. Yeah. We've been Raptors fans NBA for 25 fucking years, man. Like, we yeah. suck. Every but NBA game I play, I'm the Raptors. Like, it's, it's Hold on. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Hold on. Hold on. The people at home won't see this, but. I'm always trying to get drafted to the Raptors when I'm playing in the G or the players mode. There you go. Look, look at this. The weed in North. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been a fan of the Raptors since the, the, the Vince Carter McGrady days. Yeah. Yeah. I see, I got lucky is. because my, uh, my uncle's friend used to live next to actually Del Curry. It's funny. Cause I'm wearing the Seth Curry Jersey right now. <laughs> or Seth Curry, Steph Curry. I said Seth Curry. That's terrible. That's but, Seth Curry. but no, Seth is the man too, man. <laughs> Um, but like, I didn't know them personally, but there's a very high chance that I actually hung out with one of them once upon a blue moon ago. And I mean, once upon a blue moon, uh, the, like the bluest of moons, it probably <laughs> didn't happen is what I'm getting at. But, um, yeah, they, a, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of the Raptors players used to live in and around where the fam did. So some stories from back in the day when the Raptors were new and I think, if I'm not mistaken, Leo was at Michael Jordan's first game because they played at the Sky Dome for the first year or two or year and a half before they built the ACC because the Maple Leafs didn't lease out yeah. um, the Air Canada Center or the Maple Leaf Gardens. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like 35,000 people at the Sky Dome to watch the Raptors play the Bulls yeah. and the Raptors beat the Bulls which was one of like 16 wins that year. It's probably like a low number. I'm not trying to be too cruel, but I ended up getting a T-shirt signed by uh, Doug Christie, Damon Stoudemire, Marcus Camby, like the crew, the whole crew. And that's that's why I became a Raptors fan, in all honesty. Mm. My brother was a Grizzlies fan, and that didn't last very long. <laughs> he's a he's a Celtics <laughs> he's a he's a Celtics fan now, but um he was a he likes Stromile Swift and mm. his name just came up in actually I think uh 
uh, Jigga John posted something about post a random basketball player and somebody posted uh, Stroh Miles Swift. Yeah, LSU. Bro- Man, that brought me back to like my brother having like his, I think it was his first basketball jersey was his Grizzlies. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, and it wasn't uh, Vancouver; it was yeah. Memphis. But fun, uh, fun fact: Raptors, I'm rambling now. Uh, I was at the Raptors' first ever game at the Metro Center. That was their first game against Philly, yep. and I was a huge Richard Dumas fan. Who, if anyone knows, like you know, uh, what uh, what was the black coach's name with the big mustache? John Lucas. Oh, jo- yeah, I was gonna say John Lucas. He was he known was the to like. He was known to bring dudes that were like had a shit shady pass out of jail and you know put them on the right path. So, I, Richard Dumas's career was so short, sort of like Isaiah Ryder, guys like that. But to be able to watch him at the Metro Center and and Mighty Most and those guys, it was like oh. me and my dad and my cousin Pete went. It was amazing. That would have been yeah, boss. Yeah, I was so, probably only like five. I think it was just a little. Yeah, early. it was like mid nineties, wasn't it? Or ninety four, early nine. Yeah, ninety four. Would have yeah, been that right. would have been fall in '94. Yeah, maybe summer '94, but I think it would have been fall. Uh, I think 94. it was summer, yeah, because I was away. I went away to university in September, so it would have been before that. Oh shit! Okay, there you go then. So you actually yeah. stapled that for us. So it would have been summer '94, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, and yeah. then '95. Yeah, I would have been five or six years old when Michael came to Toronto when we were up in mm. wherever we were, Aurelia, Barry, that area, Waybridge, Waverly. They're heading there tomorrow. I don't even know the name of where they're going. I don't know where my grandparents live. How horrible do you sound right now, Chris? Dad's going to listen to this on the flight tomorrow and be like, Chris, what the fuck? You know where we're going. Good Lord. All right, boys. 266. Really quick. I want to know really quick before we get into the fights. Did it meet your expectations? Exceed your expectations? Fall short? It seems like this is a contentious card where a lot of people were like, it was everything I thought it would be. And then there's a lot of people who are also like, eh, it was kind of boring. And then there's people like myself who were like, I expected that to be off and on what it was. Mm -hmm. And it it pretty much fit the bill. Like everything that was supposed to go to build went to bill. I won a six game accumulator with two upsets. So it was just like even the upsets were supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. To me, it was just a night where you knew what was going to happen, but I felt like they filled the blanks in well. The words were worth the read of the book, if you will. I don't know like what kind of brew metaphor to put on that one, but it was something along those lines. But I guess <laughs> I from your guys' from, from your guys's perspective, I'll start with you, Truth. Like, what did you think about the card in total? Give me a quick highlight before we get into the fights. I thought it was good. Um, it was your typical card. It had some very exciting fights, but it had a couple of snoozers on there too. Like, I mean, the Blades Rosen strike fight, that was, you know, it is what it is. And the whole Nate Diaz stop that was just, that was, that was kind of a, a, such a bring down moment. You know what I mean? It was just a, yeah. But I mean, the main event just fucking ate all that up times too. So Mm. the prelims is, is the thing that like made me not so upset that the main card had some snoozers because the prelims from start to finish were fucking fantastic. And, yeah. you know, I feel bad for the fellow that I, I cannot pronounce his name. And I'm not even going to try to pronounce it on the air, but the guy that was fighting Dan Hooker, like I felt so bad mm-hmm. for him, but the respect yeah. that those two guys have for one another. Mm-hmm. And then you see that Dan Hooker actually chucked him some bucks because Dan Hooker made a fuck ton of money. Like mm-hmm. He made way more money than I thought that he qualified for, man. But like now I see why he was trying to get to America as fast as he yeah. <laughs> but to see like to see that he even reached out to the guy and like gave him at least five figures like to me 
the fact that those guys could come together and a lot of people were tuning into the prelims for that too, was just, it was beautiful, man. I like start to finish, like you said, truth. I, I, it just, it was what it was, you know, even blades Rosenstruck. I just keep thinking to myself, like, man, Rosenstruck had a couple chances, man. He mm-hmm. actually had a couple windows, but Curtis, he's Blades such was- a defensive fighter. He's such a counter puncher. Mm-hmm. It was, mm-hmm. that was basically what you're going to get out of him. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. yeah. But overall I'll say it's like, would you rather, an exciting Conor McGregor versus Khabib and then a boring fight or, uh, you know, an exciting or a semi-exciting card and awesome fights. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's take a pick. There were way more pluses than minuses. Yeah. Good point. That's Good point. Mm-hmm. How about you, bro? Are you deviating or are you on track with us? Um, yeah. I mean, it was up and down for me too. Like the one thing I did enjoy with the Curtis blades fight was I like watching heavyweights wrestle. Like, yeah, we all want to see the big, you know, bricks punching the guy, put his lights out. But I, I predicted, I, I actually was going to make this my wildcard pick. And I was predicting like that he was going to take him down and wrestle him, which he did. And he won all three cards, which I was surprised about. I thought Rosenstruck maybe won one of the rounds, but I thought it was closer than it than the judges had anyways. But um, the UFC know, I mean, doesn't respect defense. Like Truth was saying, Rosenstruck's yeah. a defensive fighter. Yep. Rosenstruck actually boxed well. Yeah. Hmm. I think no, they, they I, just yeah, rewarded Blades' fight, wrestling and the yeah. fact that Blades was on the front foot a little bit. Well, more, that's the thing. Blades had a lot more control, uh, a lot more uh, time control. Yeah. So it yeah. was, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, judges look at that. I mean, even you look, go back to, to John Jones and, um, oh, John, uh, wasn't Dominic. What's his name? Reyes. Oh, yeah. Third, third or fifth round, sorry. Like 30 seconds left, he takes him down. And knew that was and what his, he needed. His corner's yeah. like, yo, you got to take him down. He takes him down, and he wins, like, Basically, you know, the fight. Yeah, and he wins, and it's happened to Robbie Lawler. And so, I mean, judges look for that stuff. But, you know, I I did expect Blades to do that, and he did. Um, the Calvillo fight, I, I kind of thought she looked like she was in overhead, too. <sighs> that was, was weird, was man, because, like, I actually, like, I love her. I mm-hmm. absolutely fucking love yeah. CC. But even like when they were announcing her name, she was smiling and she was just doing like yeah. the the well, fist punch down. Like yeah. I know was, I'm like over reading body language a little bit too much, but she was almost just happy to be there knowing that Andrage is yeah. the number one contender still. Like yep. it was like one of those situations where she was like, I'm just here. I'm getting paid the most I've ever been paid. And she was. Yeah. Paid and she was on the big show and she was happy to be there. And it showed. I just uh, it, it sucked right. to me because like there were times where I thought that she was actually getting below Andrage's neck. Mm-hmm. Like I thought I saw a couple body shots that was respecting the space. And then when the bulldog comes out, man, how are you supposed to stop that? Like, yeah. I, I yeah, do we see or like do we see that fight again? I, I I don't understand what the hell they're supposed to do with Jessica well, Andrade right when, now. When we talked last week, I was only I was hoping for Cavia to win only because yeah she's ranked five and the, and obviously the champ's gone through the other four women, so it would have made it like oh cool like there's a new challenger, but like you know she just got outclassed. It, it was the same as um, I mean with Diaz just quitting and and then. You know, Shevchenko just making her girl quit. It was, I mean, I that's my her. point. That's that's kind of where I'm coming at, me, right? Right, but it's like, what? You know what I'm sick of is seeing the press conferences and hearing these women like, "Oh, I got something she's never seen," and that, like, and everyone else being like, "No, you don't." Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know you have to sell yourself, but it's getting out of hand with these girls. Like, 
Shevchenko is so much head above some of these women. Bruce going through the whole card before we even get to talk truth. I like this, man. I actually <laughs> well, I, like I this. I thought you wanted my opinion on the fight. No, yeah. I like this. I like this a lot. Yeah. I do like this a lot yeah. because but, like that that's a that's a very key point that I actually want to get at. Does Dana White have to be ballsy and combine these weight classes? That sounds super ambitious and completely out of the picture. But what's like what what's left if Rose beats Whaley Zhang? And Nunez, I mean, I don't know what's going on with that whole fucking situation right now. Like COVID, no COVID, Mm -hmm. um, staff infection, no staff infection. I don't know what's going on with that. But what's left? Right. Like like, one of Dana's biggest concerns with the women's division. He's almost foreshadowed to this point. There's not a genuine depth of quality. That's going to make you want to tune in. And both of those fights on Saturday did not help the women's division by any means. Mm. You know, CC did good for that first round because, again, like I said, it looked like she was finding Andrade's chest mm. and Andrade was giving her a little bit of space. But, man, once she got in the pocket, it was game over. Mm-hmm. You know, Lauren Murphy survived that head kick. Mm. But what else did she survive? <laughs> like, yeah. Some you know, counter strike she was taking. I was just like, I can't believe she lasted as long as she did. Like, well, that's, that's why she didn't woman, throw. Right? Well, the only yeah. reason she didn't she lasted as long as she did is because she didn't throw. Yeah. yeah. When she started throwing is when she started getting clipped. Like it was just game yeah. over. It was watching. I just, I don't see. I, I what think do you do? About what do money, you do? And I think right? he's not going to combine those because more titles means more title fights. You know what I mean? Yeah. More pay-per-views, that type of thing. I, I can't see it happening. But what's the future truth? Like, it, I, I'm not trying to be cruel. What's the future? Like, is the contender series literally all he has left? Because who's there? Here. Who's there? Like, he's trying to pull the Misha Tate thing. To, like, try to get some intrigue. Like, like what? What? Like, what's what's left, man? Like, what's what's? Is there anything? Is there I've, anything? I've, I've already said it. I'm, I don't know if it was the last episode or the episode before, but. I don't know why Dana's so against it, but his big money fight right now is Valentina versus Amanda again. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's your holdover yeah, until you start getting so some new girls to come in through the contender series. And we are we're, we're going to talk about Volkanovski versus Ortega. Now that Volkanovski is over that hump, Max three is the only fight. So like, it's why is that? See. Well. It's it's a fight I want to see if Max Holloway beats the shit out of Yara. Of course, of course, yeah. If you if Yara beats if Yara beats um, Max Holloway, of course he's definitely due, hundred percent. But it's yes, that's I'm I'm just talking like I'm talking the same thing. Like that's two trilogies that went one way, but there was enough intrigue in the second fight that you want to see that third fight. I think Dana is a madman if he doesn't pull that trigger on both. I really do. And Amanda has a belt. Maybe she takes the loss. It's not like she's got a zero next to her name. She's been there before. We know she's the GOAT. It's, to me, there's a protection in the women's division right now. That's, that's like, I, I don't know how else to put it. But maybe it's just because there really isn't genuinely a challenger. Maybe Dana is genuinely thinking that these women can challenge these two. And they just simply can't because... They're that good. 
fellas, we joked about this in the last episode, making predictions. It's like, all right, now it's time for Shevchenko and Laura Murphy. Okay, I got Shevchenko written down for everybody. Who you pick? Like, what? How she win it? You know what I mean? Like, we didn't even consider Laura Murphy at all. Yeah. So it's like. Who yeah. who is there to consider now? If we were to say, "All right, boys, we got Valentina Shevchenko versus Amanda Nunes," I bet you we get a three-hour discussion over that. Be, but I thought, there's your women's main event finally. Yeah, that's a pay-per-view seller. Even like I don't know why Dana's so against it because oh yeah, uh, Valentina lost twice. Well, yeah, but did she really lose twice? It's the same thing with the Max Holloway thing. It's yep. like, did he really lose twice? I don't know, man. I don't know. When I watched the second Amanda Nunes Shevchenko fight, I was like. Damn, Shevchenko beat up Mana Nunes. It's it's and then the judges announced Nunes as the winner. I was like, what the fuck? Like, okay. <laughs> like oh, that was weird. Shit. Breaking news. Oh, bow, 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 bow. So earlier in the chat, I was talking to you boys about how Adesanya's team wanted Brunson instead of Whitaker, or or they they thought. Oh, that yes, was, yes, yes. That's not happening. Who is it, Brock Lesnar now? I don't like this matchup because I think this is a waste of Brunson's time, but. Derek Brunson versus Jared Cannonier. Oh, uh, huh. Okay. January 22nd. So remember that date. Yep. That's kind of a drop from uh, Israel Adesanya, though. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that might be when the Adesanya fight will be against Whitaker. Oh, huh. I'm going to make that prediction right now. January 22nd, UFC 270. <clears throat> I bet you that's Adesanya Whitaker then. Probably. He's also moving to the states. You see that? They all are. The whole team is. Yeah, with all the, the stuff going through with Dan. Dan, Dan man, I'm I'm gonna tell you right now. Dan Hooker's the man for biting his tongue. I don't know if you guys saw Adesanya's pre-fight. He does his like little pre-fight predictions. He does a little mm-hmm. rant. Yeah. And for the first like eight nine minutes, he just went off. Yeah. He talked about like the New Zealand government being racist. Mm-hmm. How the journalists there have no life. So they all camped outside of the gym to get the pictures of the guys going in and out mm-hmm. and how the grocery stores actually don't like those guys because they don't. I, I, New Zealand likes rugby players is basically what he was getting at. Right. Like yeah. fighters don't get the same respect, even though most yeah. of the people in New Zealand love the fighters. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why Dan Hooker was able to get out. Yeah, I think. And I, this is probably being a little bit pushing the line because we're talking about Dana White and money with this one. If the UFC was smart, he would do everything he can to accommodate that financially. Oh, yeah. Family, <clears throat> uh, acquaintances, like maybe limit it to like four or like direct family. Get oh, them yeah. all yep. to the States ASAP because yeah. that gym, there. that gym. Because everybody else down there that lives down there or is from down there already trains in the States. Mm-hmm. they're the only team for the most part that stays local. And most of those guys don't seem to like it down there. So mm-hmm. why the fuck wouldn't you come back to the States? Yeah. Just Save come back. Come back. So <laughs> yeah, we'll get into a little bit of bit by bit. Cause I guess we just kind of did that, but mm-hmm. um, actually from the prelims, I guess we'll talk about Mirab and uh, Dawkins. I think they both got bonuses if I'm not mistaken. Am I right with that or wrong? I'm not sure. I didn't even follow along with the, the bonuses and stuff like that. Well, because Dana didn't do a post-fight press conference. I was going to I was just getting ready to say yeah. that. I, I yeah. watched the press fight conference, but I didn't see Dana in there. It was weird. I don't know why. And I Dana. think it might be because there were just so many fucking people there mm-hmm. that he might have had some commitments to deal with. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Away from a camera. But like the post-fight press conference. That's what he does. That's. 
Yeah. A buddy of mine says business. because because they didn't have kids. anybody do it. Usually they have another guy come out there. Bandage, ain't there? Yeah, but the 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 my buddy Spech said because uh, Spech K, Spruce. um, he said because the contender series, he has another day out of the week to do a press conference and. Mm. He gives pretty decent press conferences after the contender series yeah, matches. He, like, yeah, he's yeah, not still, just talking though. about those guys. He's he's doing a full fleet fleet. So maybe he just took that night off because it was such a big event and there were so many people there. Maybe. And he yeah. might have had priors, but I was hoping for the press conference. Like I was looking on Sunday, like who yeah. got the bonuses? Who got the bonuses? Fight of the night was the main event. Yeah. And I think I think if I'm not mistaken, was Mirab. Yeah, Mirab and Dawkins. I'm pretty and sure. Dawkins both. Yeah, they both. Got yeah. Are oh, you looking at it right now? Yeah. Ah, my memory doesn't suck. All right. <laughs> and so, fight of the night, main event, performance, performance, and who got knockout then? Or did they just? I only not... had those three showing up. So that might be it then. He didn't give a knockout. Yeah, possibly. Because he should. <sighs> I hate. I've I've said this to you guys before. I'm not a fan of giving like main event, co-main event, any bonuses, but I feel like Shevchenko should have gotten knocked out of the night. I, and I only say that because it was just like a, a highly effective striking performance. Mm-hmm. It just encourages more of the women to go at it, in my opinion, because think- a lot of the women's fights are really laid back. They're almost like kickboxing yeah. matches. But do you guys, I, I'm interested in your guys' opinion on this. Like not so much in his last couple of years, and I won't get into the weekend side of it, but let's say like a five to eight years ago, John Jones, who would just walk through people and never got bonuses. Do you think Shevchenko is just that dominant that it's like, it's you know, the exact do you same think thing. there's fighters like that that just they fuck people up so bad that it's expected? So it's like you're not going to get a bonus. Yep. Yep. You know I mean? it's, the, it's the exact same thing. It's where a fighter's union creates those type of performance bonuses for every fighter for every fight. Yeah. So Shevchenko by knockout, she gets paid a certain amount. Shevchenko by a method of knockout, certain amount of money. Shevchenko in the first round, certain amount of money. These negotiations and this stuff doesn't occur because everything is cut and dry. You sign the contract, you fight for X. There's a couple bonuses that Dana has on the side. C'est la vie. To me, there's a creativity that would create better fights. And that is the, that's where it begins, bro. Yeah. In my opinion, that's literally where it begins. And I could go on a tangent about this, but I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to keep going. But it, it's, it's true. Like it, it, the when when like I'm just gonna bring up this is a terrible, terrible. I'm using a brewism right here right now, <laughs> which is awful. But like Tom Brady's Patriots, you just expected it. Yeah. And most of the time, it delivered. So. Do you really want to pay that extra? Is it really bringing more eyes to the game? Because there was an argument that when the Patriots were in their heyday, 2004, 2005, that was one of the worst rated seasons for football. When do the ratings go up? The year after the Giants beat them. Yeah. So there's there's something to Dana wanting dominant champions, people that he can depend on financially, mm-hmm. people who are draws. And some of those champions right now are but some of them aren't. Yeah. And like, yeah, we'll move on from this one. We'll move on from this just because (laughs) I could go on a tangent about this because like, this is where a union and some sort of pool of money where fighters can actually draw into is beneficial to Dana more than he thinks it is. 
it's it's the same old argument about it, it that's all about collective bargaining that's all about yeah. yeah that's that's i think where that starts and ends because dana's just created this monopoly where nobody's challenging it mm-hmm. so yeah i said to, to, that this is a long-winded answer brew i'm sorry bro no, but but to answer your question yeah like it, it's just an expectation mm-hmm. and it should be rewarded like these guys you win x amount of fights in a row there should be a multiplier like there's just ways that Dana can draw a, a little bit more out of the athlete. And I think yeah. even a little bit more respect out of the consumer who, who feels like these fighters are underpaid. That's, yep. that's just a way to do it. Like just literally signify it right mm-hmm. before the fight. Like if, if Shevchenko knocks out Murphy in the first round, she wins an extra hundred grand. Like, I know that sounds right. crazy to say, but we know what athletes make in other sports per year. Mm-hmm. I just, the, you just said something that I really liked. I've never thought about before, but a multiplier system. Yes, bro. Like, it's it's to me, it's the simplest way to avoid the union because Dana and all them guys are avoiding the union. We all know they are. It's on the surface. Yeah. They're not opening any conversation to this. So implement a system where you know you're going to get better fights. A multiplier, man. It's easy. It's I'm really like, even, easy. I'm just thinking like just overall. So it's like, we'll say... Valentina Shevchenko just showed up on the scene, so we'll pay her a base hundred thousand to show up and a hundred thousand if she wins. Now she gets on a five fight title win. Okay, after that five fight, you're now bumped up to two hundred fifty thousand, blah blah blah, and whatever for a win. And then you, oh, you got a ten fight title streak. Okay, now you're at five hundred thousand, and, and you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like that's compared to just having a flat contract here, seven fights, like, and it values your rankings, man. Yes, like, but at the same time, is that going to that's not going to bring more talented fighters to beat Shevchenko. Like mm-hmm. what to Bruce's point, like, is it, what, what do you do when somebody's that good? Well, that's, that's mm-hmm. kind of to my point. If, if Shevchenko's win bonus is more than her base bonus, then you might see her come out a little bit wild in the first round. I doubt it, but you might see it. Like if John Jones comes back right now, like how much of a fucking win streak is he on? It's a terrible example because he's getting paid a motherfucker anyways. But yeah, yeah. like what yeah, I'm saying, attorneys now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what did he say? He's getting, well, I mean, before. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Are we getting into that? Are we getting into, well, we got to get definitely get in the main event before yeah. we get into all that. All yeah, right. Let's, that after. Okay. I, long, I did have a long story point, short though. though truth. And, and before we go to brew truth, yeah. thank you for agreeing with me because I have always said that this beats arbitration in baseball, the long-term contract <laughs> in football, and actually makes hockey players get paid what they're worth. Multipliers. Yeah. I don't mm. get why in a capitalist system where athletes have agents and are unionized, that these guys don't have the power to actually have something like that in their contract. Of course, they get cash bonuses for winning awards, but the cash bonuses are usually less than they get for a game. Mm. Mm. So if you're the MVP and you get $500,000, well, shit, I made... 300,000 a game all year. So in a week, in two games, I got paid more than I just got for winning fucking MVP. So create something, Dana, because he wants to lead the way. Then maybe the basketball players, the hockey players, the football players, the baseball players, they see what the UFC dudes are doing with this multiplier system. Oh, damn. Okay. Well, maybe I'm going to leave a little bit on the TV table and then holler at the gate table. Because if we're winning games and we make the playoffs and da, 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 
it's just too easy, man. To me, Dana, Dana could change the game with that. And I think it's easy because it's not any money out of his pocket. It isn't. Like it would be budgeted. It's easy. It's easy. I'm ranting. I'm ranting. No, I mean, I got to stop I mean, ranting. <laughs> there's things that he can do. There's definitely things that he can do. And I mean, he's, he talked about it doing it in the contender series, starting to give these guys win bonuses and yep. shit like that. Yep. Um, but it's like a little thing, like, you notice how he was doing the 75 K for a minute. And now that's gone back down to 50, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but it's like, I hate to use the word uh, participation trophy, but it's like, if you go into the fight and actually fight, you may lose, you may get your ass kicked, but at least if you fight, shouldn't you get like a 20,000 or, you know what I mean? Something, you know, well, there's been a trying kind of there's, thing. There's been an argument that there should be a finisher pool, which I liked. And I think the schmo actually asked Dana about it and he squashed it quick. But like every night, if you get a knockout or a submission, you get an additional bonus. So it doesn't matter if your fight sucked or not. If you choked the girl or guy out or you've knocked the girl or guy out, you got 10 grand. So on a fight night, you might get four, five, six additional knockouts that night because all these guys are chasing that extra 10, 15 grand. And that's pennies in the grand scheme of things to Dana White, man. Like, He's the just only such issue a monopoly is, man. It kills me. The only me. issue that the whole win bonus thing, like judging, like judges can fucking, they can screw money out of a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, we've seen it and it's. And that's where the other argument goes. Like, do you then make a decision pool? And it's like, then two guys or two girls can just agree before the fight. <laughs> We're just going to jog to get an extra five grand here. Whoever wins, wins. And then we'll split that. Like when you have additional pools, you do create the match fixing, fight mm-hmm. fixing. And, and I, I'm not saying it happens in mixed martial arts already, but, you know, we're talking about combat sports where it's always susceptible to that kind of. Yeah. Uh, I don't, vulnerability, I don't, like, the KO I thing. Just, I don't yeah. like the KO thing for the simple fact that there's fighters that are like built to last. Well, this is you know why I, mean? I said like, you could include the submission too. However, yeah. I agree with you. And this is yeah. where the decision pool comes into play mm. where I, I agree with you. Like mm. you, if, if you're going to call it mixed martial arts, you can't give the boxing guy mm. or the karate taekwondo guy a bonus over the Muay Thai jiu-jitsu guy because you know what I mean? And I mean, Muay Thai, terrible example, because you can still knock a motherfucker out. But this is what yeah. I'm saying. Like, it's it's just it's a tightrope that I don't know how Dana walks it. And I think the reason why he hasn't walked it is because he doesn't have to. No, Dana's going to say, well, I give him fight bonus. What else do you want? That's it. it it's that. end of argument. You know what I mean? Like from Dana's perspective, the same way when anyone argues about fighter pay. He doesn't go on about the guys making four thousand dollars. He goes on, well, Conor McGregor made this much. Yeah, you know what I mean. Could be made two million dollars for his Conor fight. Like, Ooh, he never goes on so about much. the lower guys. He goes on about the fucking, you know, the higher tiered guys. This is this is why a lot of people are cheering against Kevin Holland in his next fight because Kevin Holland basically put himself in Dana White's corner. I see how that, yeah. And and even guys like I know Truth, you're not the biggest O'Malley fan, and I'm kind of drifting away from that too. But he's another guy. Like they're going on about, yeah, well, I make a lot of money. You know, Mm. Misha Tate, she says she's struggling. Whether she's struggling or not, that's neither here nor there. She's still speaking for somebody who is. Mm. But, but these guys like Kevin Holland and especially O'Malley, they're making a lot of money 
outside of the USC as well. This is this is my point. So when Dana yeah. uses them as examples and they use themselves as examples, it's ignoring the bigger picture, right? Everybody and, sees Conor McGregor as this billionaire gazillionaire. Like, how do how does he make that much money off fighting? It's like you do not do you not realize how much money he makes off his whiskey alone. <clears throat> is that any good? You gotta mix oh, yeah, it. Truth wasn't here. I forgot. You you I gotta mix that. it. You gotta mix it. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it's not good. No. <laughs> you have to mix a whiskey. I'm not really much of a whiskey drinker, so I'll probably have to mix it regardless. But it's, do it's, you it's, do you like do you like Crown Royal straight? Uh, honestly, don't remember. I I remember like I drank it forever ago, and I just don't remember if I like it or not. It's like a mix between Crown Royal and Johnny Walker. That's the best way I can proper twelve. Proper twelve. Yeah. Dana. Dana. <laughs> Those cartoons killing me. Those cartoons proper killing me. 12. Proper Irish whiskey. My foot was a balloon. My foot was a balloon. <laughs> I made a quarter of a billion dollars <laughs> off of a green bottle. What's Fuck with me. What's that good joke that got the cartoons going now? Titanium shin bone. Yeah. yeah. Yo, them cartoons are fucking killing oh, me. They kill so me. I'm crying laughing at every single fucking one, man. All right. Do we get into the fights or do we get into John Jones? One of the two we're ending the night with. Fights oh, first. We got to talk about our time right, for at right. least a minute. We got to get right, this fights, man. All right. All right, all right. Um, so I'm, I'm breaking it through real quick. Chris, Chris Dawkins, man, like just fucking. Just, hey, hey, what's up? Give me my money. Like just one of them performances. Loved every minute. Shout out to Dan Hooker. Um, Mirab's comeback was unreal. Yeah. I haven't seen anything like that in ages. I think I even said that to you, Truth. Round of the year. Like Mirab was done, and when he got out of that, sh- oh man! Like I feel bad that from for that Moraes fella because that could have been a genuine fight of the like fight of the night contender too. Like if that main event didn't get fight of the night, I think that was number two, and I hope Dana secretly slipped Moraes a couple bucks because. He won that fight he secretly. He's going to proudly announce he gave this man extra money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, Andrage Calvillo. We went over that. The bulldog showed up as she always does. And yep. who knows what's next for her. But I think, yeah, probably another title fight down the road. Maybe. Maybe she shifts yeah. weights. I don't know. Maybe she fights know. a man. I'm not even trying to hate. I was I was watching with this Cuban dude, and he kept saying, "That's a girl." I was like, "That's a girl, bro. That's a, that's a girl." Uh, Curtis Blades did his thing. I mean, I love Jay Rose. It's just when you're a boxer with not a lot of wrestling skill, that's what happens when you're up against a wrestler who utilized his skill. And like yep. you were saying, that man, it, it, it was nice to see two heavyweights actually use. Mixed martial arts. And I'm a big Rosenstruck guy. I don't know if this is it for him, but who's he supposed to fuck with in that division? He might fight Derek Lewis next just because it would be fun to watch because I think Rosenstruck might get a little loose. And if he gets loose, Derek Lewis could find a window. But I don't know if Lewis falls that far. I don't know if Lewis fights again, by the way. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I mean, I'll skip. This one, because we'll talk about this one in a minute. Valentina, Lauren Murphy, head kick. Everything happened. That was supposed to happen. Lawler Diaz, though. Yeah. I I asked you guys in the chat, what did you guys think about Diaz quitting? I've asked a couple people off the air. The majority of people actually seem to be siding with Nick Diaz. You just came back after six years, was it? Longer than that? Six years, yeah. Yeah, six years. 
You clearly didn't put all in into this training. That's why you had to fight at middleweight. You didn't look good. The press conferences, you seem to be making excuses. The interviews, you seem to be making excuses. Even after the fight was over, I don't know how this fight was booked. It's just to me, like we gave him a lot of respect last time we all spoke about how he seemed more mature. It was almost like from that point on, he turned into old Nick Diaz again. Like he just turned into a dumbass. Him quitting. I, not enough people are giving this hate as far as I'm concerned. And I'm not trying to be a hater. After as long as those guys have gone without fighting, with all the hype that was built up for this, yeah, you got caught. But you were in the pocket the whole fight. You weren't running away. I mean, he did a couple little jogaways, but you weren't running away. Why did you quit? Well, a buddy of mine said, well, Chris, he's not on a one-fight contract. Mm -hmm. If he decides he's going to get up from that and Robbie Lawler then fucks him up, that's a lot of money out the window. Trilogy. That's why I'm not mad at it. Trilogy. Not even for the trilogy aspect. It's the fact that he has, like I said, this isn't a one-fight contract. No. The man, when you, when you just can't go no more, you can't go no more. Like, why would he try to stand up and embarrass himself? The man knows how, what his body is. This is the Diaz we're talking about here. These guys know their cardio capabilities and what their physical, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The man knows he couldn't go anymore. He, he's coming off six years of not doing anything. You know what I mean? You can see it in his body. He looked, he had the dad bod times 10. You know what I mean? I don't want to say Ben Askren dad bod, but he had a dad bod nonetheless. Um, I don't even like, I don't want to say he didn't train for this fight, but he didn't even seem like he trained for this fight. I don't know. I don't know. It's that's, that's just my opinion. The way he looked, he came out looking pretty sluggish, man. Pretty sluggish. Mm -hmm. That spin kick looked a little off when he like right off the, the get go. But I will say this. He looked a little sluggish at first, took a couple punches and then he composed himself. He, you know, he was throwing, he, he was connecting with a bunch of punches. They didn't have much power to him, but I think, and he's just, you know, lining up a couple to get his thing and then crack, crack, crack. But, yeah, that composure pretty well left after the after the first round. That was that was pretty well downhill after that. But again, I, I can't hate on the man because if you just don't have it no more, you just don't have it no more. You can't you can't get up and fight and potentially risk it knocked out for no reason. Fair mm -hmm. enough. Fair enough. Uh, Brew, I talked last episode about how this might be Robbie Lawler's last fight. This might be a retirement yeah. fight, a contract fight. Just that I don't want to be a gatekeeper fight. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you think he did enough to get out of that win? I mean, if you want to talk about the Diaz everything feel free brother but uh in regards to lawler because i think everybody is still just talking about diaz 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 yeah. diaz we talked about this with poirier mcgregor everybody was still talking about mm -hmm. connor after poirier's yeah. beaten him twice um is there something there with robbie lawler that could give him that last wind or do you think that this was just the the mismatch that nick diaz was talking about um, and that robbie lawler's is done as diaz is no, I don't see him being done. I watched all his interviews and like all the press conferences. And, you know, what I like about Robbie Lawler is back when, if you watch the Nick Diaz fight, like Lawler was a murderer. You know what I mean? Like literally, and it, he's still that guy, but he's a shell of that guy. But I like his mentality now because before he was like, just knew he was walking through people. He's been humbled the last couple of fights. Um, so even when they're like, it seemed like everyone was wanting to talk to Nick Diaz at the press conference. Every time I went to Robbie Lawler, even Robbie Lawler's uh, press conference after the fight, he was like, you know what? I had a great camp. I feel great. I didn't care about the weight. And he said a lot of people would have ate junk food when they found out the, the weight thing. He said, I ate the exact same. 
you know, I didn't care if I was coming eight or nine pounds under what he was. Uh, so, I mean, it's all credits to Robbie Lawler. I think, I don't think he's done. I thought with a loss of substantial, like a knockout or something, maybe, but I, seeing him so, so composed this week leading up to the fight, I, I'd love to see him fight again. And I think there's enough guys that puts him in the category of maybe he's not going for a title, but let him have a money fight. You know what I mean? Like let him fight just a tough dude. And it's, you know, it's the same as you guys are talking about the Nick Diaz having the multi-fight deal. Like after that type of loss, I don't know who wants to watch him again, but he's a Conor McGregor personality and we're going to watch next time. We're going to love it. Or, you know, at least the, the build up to it. So, you know, no talk of him going for the title, just stick him in with Masvidal or someone that's, you know, another big money fight. And I don't, I, I do, I am, I am upset like you are with the attention that Nick Diaz is getting off of this, but I also sort of called it last when we gave our production or predictions saying like, no matter what shape you're in, not being in that octagon for six years. Yep. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't care unless you go back in history and Google and find out, I don't think anyone's ever come back after that amount of time and, and done well in, in that cage. And Jesus, Nick Diaz, if anybody, years. we thought he'd be the one to do it. Like right? GSP was damn near three years. Yeah. I can't think of anything aside from him. And I mean, let's be honest here. He won that fight against Michael Bisbing, but he got beat up pretty good. That fight. He yeah. was, he didn't look like prime GSP. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 But so I mean, it's... credit he put on 15 pounds, but. Oh yeah. Oh, 100%. You're, you're right. Truth. 15 pounds after three years shouldn't make a fucking difference, but <laughs> yeah, but it's again, it was, you know, that's a long time to be away. So, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. kind of why I would watch a second Nate or Nick Diaz fight. You know, if he was the sign on yeah. guy, I'd be just, I would be just as excited if not more. Because now I'm looking at it like, okay, he just got humbled. So now it's like maybe he's going to take this training camp seriously and, you know, put in the work and, and drop yeah. some pounds the good way. And you know what I mean? But um, so, yeah, I, I would watch it. I'd be excited for a, a, a second Nick Diaz fight coming up. Yeah, but me too. Dana, I want to see it. I just I, I think Dana made a huge mistake. Even though they didn't get that far, you don't book a guy off six years and then give him a five-round fight. I think Now, see, I like that you said that because that was my last bullet point before we move yeah. on to the main event. Somebody compared this to the Romero-Davis booking in Bellator. Mm-hmm. Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler was almost a cash-out. It's almost like Dana knew that yeah. Nick Diaz is done, but can still make money off of him. Yeah. So to that point, Brew, I think that was both ways. I think that was the best and worst thing. Like, Mm -hmm. I understand where you're coming from, but I think Dana and the matchmakers see the fact that Diaz does not have three or four or five fights left in him. They knew that this is a one or two fight cash out. To your point, I, I, I'm saying to you, like, I, I feel what you're saying. It was a mistake, but I think that that's where their stock was at. I don't think their stock is in on Nick Diaz right now. Their stock yeah. is on just making as much money as they can as fast as possible off of the talent. And, I mean, him going from welterweight to middleweight, Dana seemed pretty fucking cool with it. I was yeah. kind of surprised. But I don't think Dana wants to step on Nick's toes because Dana knows he makes millions off of these boys. Yeah. yeah. So the, the like, perfect scenario was laid out in the last episode. If you can get the the Robbie Lawler Nick Diaz trilogy on the same card as the Conor McGregor Nick Diaz trilogy, that's a good pay per view. Straight yeah. up, brother. And that's <laughs> that's what my grandfather said. Like win or lose, 
And actually, the 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 Cuban fellow I watched the fight with the other night said the same thing too. Co-main main, Nick versus. I mean, even Nick. This is where I'm. This is and this is my point. The UFC has this affection and this affinity with trilogies, tri trilogies, trilogies, trilogies right now. That's a trilogy. I mean, it's not the most sexy trilogy on earth. You got this Fans fight that's that a shit, decade though. and a half later, and then you've got two fights within a year. It just wouldn't have it. But if you've got Nick Diaz on a two-fight contract, two fights against Robbie Lawler is not the worst draw. So I don't. I, he deserves Kamar Usman. <laughs> isn't it funny looking back on him saying that shit now in hindsight? That's the first thing I thought of as soon as he said, "I'm done." I said, "Jesus, you imagine if it was Kamar Usman?" He said, oh, I, yeah. "He said I'd love to. I'd love to fight that Leon guy, but I think I should fight Kamara Usman." <laughs> I don't know whoever whoever made this whoever made this the matchmaking between Robbie Lawler. They're idiots. They don't know what they're talking about. I guess I'm <laughs> like, who who? And this I is should, where I this is where fight Kamaru. So this is where a friend of mine said that the whole UFC contract um, press release news thing that it's a multi fight contract was a lie. I think he had a multi-fight contract from before. Mm. And Dana don't have an expiry on none of the mother... I, I, I swear it. to God, Dana's contract's all signed 2099. He don't let nobody have any room to get out of these contracts. And I think that's what this is. He's just... You know, Nick is just going to, like, kick the door on the way out. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I don't even like fighting. I, my my family's more important to me. The kids are more important to me. Who even booked this match? I don't even know how much money I'm making. I'm Nick Diaz. My brother's more popular than I am, but I paved the way. That's all I heard. Yeah. Like, yeah. sell yourself, bro. Like, I just... He looked like me walking in there. <laughs> if I, like, if I was fighting Robbie Lawler, I would have been Nick Diaz. And to me, it's yeah. just a letdown. I... I that's why I messaged you guys to just kind of get your immediate thoughts the day after. I guess it's not quite immediate, but the day after. Like, what were your guys' thoughts on that? Because I don't think it's getting the attention it should. And maybe it's because it's Nick Diaz. But could you imagine if anybody else on that card just quit like that? If that it would have got lambasted. Night, if that oh. wasn't a fight night, that would have got all kinds of attention. But it's the fact that right afterwards you had uh, Volkanovski versus Brian Ortega. That's just yeah. everybody forgot about that. The yeah. intro. Oh, buddy. Well, it wasn't right after because Valentina wasn't between. But yes, yes, right after. Because let's let's be honest, the Valentina thing, there were a couple bathroom breaks to so smoke the joint. Well, I mean, the point being is like by the time like the main event happened, by the time the main events, finished, nobody, cared. nobody yeah. cared. Yeah, nobody cared. Nobody cared. All right. We definitely got to get the main event of Big the way. show. Main event for the main event, main event for the main event. Sometimes you would start the show with the main event. We're not yeah. finishing the show with this main event because it was boring. I think we're finishing this show for the main event because it was truly a main event. And if you looked at the paper, I think it was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, 50-45 on two and 49-46 on one. I'll be completely honest. I didn't even, as soon as I, the bell rang for the, so here, of the fifth round, I tuned out. So here's the thing, Truth. I'm glad you said that. It was one of those fights when you knew the result after five rounds. Yep. But you were fucking happy, fulfilled, intrigued still, as I've talked to you guys about the rematch. And honestly, just proud of both of those guys after everything they've gone through, the postponement, the ultimate fighter, the quote unquote bad blood, which I thought was fake from the start. And 
the way they embraced after the fight. Yeah. You know, it's only business. It is definitely only business and uh, definitely only business. I think if those guys even fight again, they're going to go double down on the bad blood just for business purposes. I think those guys truly respect and love each other, especially after how that fight went, man. Mm. What a fight. Yep. And like Ortega's entrance was awesome. You got to put it in a Nova Scotian perspective. It was like two in the fucking morning, <laughs> like one forty-five, two in the morning. You're like half asleep. And then out of nowhere, you hear the fucking siren. And you jump right up. You're like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> and then the voice and you're like, what the fuck is the purge happening right now? And then you see the masks and you're like, oh, it's just UFC. But wait. I swear to God, I looked out the window a couple times because I was like, whoa, I'm into this. And I, I might sound like a drunken idiot right now, but honest to God, I think that it was just one of those. OK, whoa, wait a second. I know there were a few people in that arena where you, who were even falling asleep, guaranteed, because, again, it was a hit or miss card and it was more of a miss for me. When that fucking intro kicked and then Volkanovsky came out to a land down under. <laughs> I was like, you know what? This is some wrestling shit. I'm wide awake now. Sign me up for this. I've been watching these guys go at it now for the last few months. I've been listening to these guys go at it for the last few weeks. I'm into this. It was the first fight that sold and delivered for me personally in a long time. And I know that sounds a bit much. Lewis gone didn't deliver. McGregor versus Poirier didn't deliver. Like there's, there's, supreme fights that just didn't quite deliver this one delivered start to finish there was intrigue when volkanovsky had control ortega had that out and we all knew ortega had that out listen back to the predictions motherfuckers but there's something about that bald-headed motherfucker who's suddenly bald but there's something about that bald-headed motherfucker that just finishes shit and even though he didn't finish shit it was, again, one of those fights. Like you said, Truth, you turned it off. You knew that he won, but you were fulfilled. Yep. And I just, I'm, I'm doing this little rant now. I'm being awkwardly emotional. It was just, it was perfect, man. Like, we're talking about the hype. The hype never gets fulfilled. This card, to me, was a bit of an empty balloon. I was half out. The alarm hit, and a half hour later, I couldn't go to sleep. I had to watch the press conferences. I had to absorb everything that just happened between those two because when he had him in the triangle fuck the triangle when he had him in the guillotine well the guillotine that here's that here's was... no but here's and i mean volkanovsky himself said that he thought that the guillotine was the end of his title run that but i remember i remember watching it he was still breathing like you could still like he was breathing heavy don't get me wrong but volkanovsky never stopped like he never tried to control his breathing he never tried to pace himself. He didn't like struggle or panic and try to straighten his body out. He held himself in that and he was breathing heavy. And you as long as he had it, watch that he was kicking and struggling to get out of that, bro. He thought it was at the moment. end of it. That's what I'm yeah. saying at the end of it. But the reason why I think he had the energy to kick out of it and get out of it was because he didn't control his breathing. He did panic. And I respect him for that. He's admitted it. After he was drunk as shit, having a couple beers, but <laughs> he admitted it. Yeah. And to me, that's the mark of a champion. 
I like I have never been the biggest Alexander Volkanovsky fan personally, but last night that man earned my ultimate respect. And I love Brian Ortega. I've loved him for years. And I, I think if Brian Ortega was just a little bit stronger, it would have been over. I think he just he squeezed too hard for too long and he just gassed and slipped. If he could just work on that strength and that grip strength a little bit more, I think Volkanovsky would have been tapping. So from from my perspective, the reason why it didn't work is because Ortega tried to stand up and be a little too relaxed early. Like the the muscles were he didn't have his upper back strength. You know what I'm saying? He didn't quite. Well, that's have, what I mean, right? If, if he worked on his strength a little bit more and, and you know what I mean? Like, I think that would have been over. As, give me the rematch. I know like we want to see Max Holloway. Yeah, I think you guys both agree with me. I don't know if we have to get into that too deep, but. I don't I don't think Ortega's at all out of the picture. And I don't think anybody would be mad if we see that fight in a year at all. I think Brian Ortega has done a lot to increase his stock by just simply doing what he did in the octagon. People talking about his personality and that that shit with Korean zombie, him punching his interpreter. His interpreter is a bitch. I'm sorry. I don't give a fuck. Dude's a, dude's a rapper who wanted plays on his goddamn Spotify and was talking don't shit. Don't tell through. me shit about Brian Ortega if you're still going to cheer for John Jones. Bingo. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> like, Are we moving on to that now? We can't move on to that now. We got to talk about nope, this. Can one. I give my take on the Ortega? Yeah, yeah this is what I'm saying. Out. We got to move on to this. <laughs> Chris keeps listen, me listen, truth. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen, truth. You brought up John Jones trying to skip brew. That was you. That wasn't me. I, I'm, I'm not I, trying I to do it. make a point from like 45. I wasn't even trying to make a good segue there. I was just, I was just. Chris goes on his tangents and, and forgets me. <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm having a lot of fun tonight. I'm sorry, bro. No, I'm no, sorry. you you guys said everything I was gonna say. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry, but no, I do only... I do want I want both of your take on the fight, obviously. But like, truth, you and I kind of went back and forth watching it live, like not really, but yeah, we kind of did the, towards the end. <laughs> towards the end. Towards the end. But Brew, since you just saw things, like you you just you watch that late, you watch boxing late. I respect mm. you. For avoiding all the spoilers, <laughs> it's staying away from the chat. Like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it personally. Yeah. Stay away from you. I can't stay away. Man. I can't stay away. Even when I try to and come back to, to 111 missed messages. I still do. <laughs> it was a lot. I still do. I <laughs> clearly brew too. Give me your thoughts, brother. Um, I mean, nothing really. You guys didn't say. I'll be honest. I don't like either of these fires too too much. Um, the Volkanovski thing. I know you got to sell the fight. Like you said, it, it seems really manufactured. Uh, he showed the heart. He, he, he gained a shit ton of respect for me. I'm just like, all the shit you talk, and then you went out slapping five before each round. Like, to me, it just makes him look like a goof. You know what I mean? Like, you're not now, do you hate Max Holloway that bad? Because everyone says you lost those fights. Are you going to go talk shit again? And like, be like, hey, every round slapping five. Like, I don't I sell it. You know what I mean? Like Ronda Rousey, when she got her face kicked off by Holly Holm. You know what I mean? I, I, I disrespected her for not shaking hands at, you know, when the, the ref was like saying, okay, touch, touch gloves. She didn't touch gloves. And I was so glad she got knocked out. Cause I was like, well, fuck you respect the sport. So I'm kind of like contradicting myself, but it's just like, ah, it seemed like he was overselling the fight. Oh, you're a drug cheat. Oh, you're this, you're a pussy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're, you're accusing guys of shit. That's not, to be taken lightly you know what i mean like this is this is another post fight pass i give him although i hear where you're coming from brew and it's part of the reason why i haven't been like the biggest fan of him not that i think he's fake but there is a bit of a odd cockiness to him 
if, mm. if that makes any sense. Yeah. He joked about playing the heel from here on out. Mm-hmm. And then he like took it back. But that confirmed everything you said and everything I said that the hate and the beef and everything that they tried to bring. Like, I don't like overfabrication. Yeah. I respect respect, mm-hmm. especially when it's for a belt. Yeah. And like you see Nortega all week. Yeah. No matter what Falcon I just get, he's like, oh, he, that's what he thinks. That's what he thinks. Yep. I'm going to go in there and give it my all. Yep. Everyone was expecting to be the other way. And Ortega is the more cockier by nature guy. Do you know what I mean? The like, Volkanovsky, the story he's telling is that everybody's going to think it's going to be the other way. Yeah. 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 And to, to, oh. that, that I'm glad you brought it up because it was a bit of a turn off for me leading up to the fight. And then obviously he delivered. Oh, yeah. I just I, I, to put stock into a press conference. I just like the way Volkanovsky carried himself after because it confirmed everything that I thought that the whole thing was a bit fabricated. They were just kind of selling it for the laws, if you will. But I think that those guys both gained a lot of respect as fighters. And I think that if the rematch does come back around, we might see less of that bullshit between the two of them. And that's going to make me enjoy it more. You're not trying to push or sell this premise that you guys hate each other. Now I know you guys respect one another. I'm tuning in. I get that hate and violence and all that shit sells fights. I get how that works. Look at McGregor Khabib. It's yeah. Cormier McGregor Jones, Diaz. McGregor Diaz. They didn't like, hate each other. You know what I mean, but but I mean, you look at the you look at the McGregor Khabib thing, and it's like you, you see in 2020 hindsight, and, and Khabib's beating the shit out of him. Let's talk now. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk. And Connor's going. Yeah. It's only it was only business. It was only business. Yeah. Like, it's all, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. bro, you're caught on a mic saying that live in the octagon. Like, yeah, ah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think that. To me, that's what Volkanovsky Ortega was in hindsight, but in a strange way, I'm not mad at it because both them boys delivered. Yeah. And it's tough to if Volkanovsky did not earn your respect, and I'm talking to everybody who's listening still mm. at this point. If Volkanovsky did not earn your respect, stop watching this sport. And if even if that means you stop listening to this podcast, that's fine by me. Just yeah. if, if, if Volkanovsky did not earn your respect the other night, stop watching this sport because I don't even like the guy. And he's earned literally every fucking void of respect that I had for him. He filled every void. That man is a warrior beyond words. And, you know, I, I picked Ortega. I love Ortega. He's a G and he proved he was a G. It was one of those fights where nobody lost. Mm-hmm. So give me that rematch, man. As far as I just give me that rematch. I want that rematch, whether it's a mediator or in a fight yeah. or two. I want to see. Yeah, I want guys the Holloway. Fight. Yeah, that's that's. So that, that that was the thing. Like I'm guessing you guys both want that. Yeah, that's that's pretty much yeah, the consensus. I want I want it as long as Holloway beats the shit out of Yari Yeah, it, yeah. If that if that happens, I can't see Dan not making that fight and and maybe Ortega's next after that. But you got what's his? I can't say his last name, but the Jig Giga. Yeah. Uh, Shikadzi, yeah. like, that guy's yeah. on a tear right now. Like he deserves to be in that picture. And too. that I mean, was literally like, man, you guys are hit. Like truth, you did it last topic. Like my last bullet point of the <laughs> fucking topic was where the fuck does Shikadzi fit into this entire yeah. equation? And I yeah. think he is the guy. Whoever loses between Rodriguez Holloway, yeah. at the minimum, but maybe he gets Ortega because there's a lot of people tuning into that fight. As far as I'm concerned. Even yeah. casuals might turn into that fight because Shikadze has gained a little bit of a mainstream, and I think Ortega has now, at least in that area of the world. We underestimate 
the media cycle that is Southeast Asia, Australia, New Zealand. There's a lot of fucking people. And, you know, there's, there's, it's just a different network, you know? It's, well, you've seen what they did with Marvel Stadium for uh, Izzy and, and Izzy and Bingo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Izzy said he ain't doing that again, eh? Did you see that? That we were talking about that oh, earlier. That's but... for New Zealand. Yeah, is, is, is that Australia too? No, Izzy's not fucking with anybody down there anymore. Huh? He, I'm telling you, man. After we're done talking, look up his preview to UFC 266 for the first 12 minutes. He doesn't talk about the fights. He just goes on this rant about the New Zealand government, journalists, mm-hmm. you name it. Like he just goes off and it's really eye opening because he's not even trying to take the attention as like the biggest fighter in that gym. He's actually trying to spotlight the fact that there's a lot of up and comers in this gym that they were all following the rules, quarantining, bubbling, doing all the right things. They should be able to continue their career. And there's guys who have retired in the last year because they've lost the last year. And they can't get that year back. So it's like Izzy went off, man. Like it, when, when we're done this, man, I super, super, super suggest it. It's one of like the newest videos on his profile. Uh, Izzy Stylebender or Style. I don't know what it, yeah, it is. Yeah, I follow him on Instagram. Yeah. yeah uh, uh, no, follow him on, uh, find him on YouTube. The YouTube video is probably better than the Instagram one. Because I think right. the Instagram one is just his quick picks. Because he does give picks. But for the first, like I said, 10, 11, 12 minutes of that video, man, he just rips New Zealand, rips like the flag. He even jokes. He says the Nigerian flag is ugly, too. But they show me more love than New Zealand does. (laughs) But but the whole point of his premise was is the fact that Dan Hooker loves that country, puts that country on his back during every fucking increment of of his fight career. And for that government to still treat him like he's nothing when all he asked was to fly out on the same flight that a bunch of socialites and politicians flew out on. Is it too much to ask when all these people are flying in a note for cricket and rugby and soccer and everything else? When you're just literally asking one guy, because like Dan Hooker said, I would have went alone, but they figured out a way to get them five guys out. So I'm just glad it happened. I'm just glad it happened. All right, fellas, before we finish up the night, you deserve it (laughs) uh jesus and i'm not against drugs people if you use drugs and you enjoy (laughs) drugs and you do them in a in a in a safe and habitable position do your thing but cocaine user um micro doser uh drug and uh weapon possession er DUI or crashed a car, abused a car, domestic assault, uh, steroid use. I think I already brought that up, but he's definitely done it at least twice. Uh, illegal elbow, just to throw that in for fun. Cocky piece of fucking shit and thought he was worth every dollar on earth. And I had sympathy for him for a little bit at one point in time. My only opinion of this, and you guys can go on a rant all you want, but my only opinion on this is fuck John Jones. Memories for years. I enjoyed watching him win these fights for years. One of my favorite fighters of all time. Just memories, memories galore. You were just inducted into the fucking UFC Hall of Fame, and you're going to be inducted twice. And this is the kicker. He might have just blew the second chance. This might be Dana's final F you to John Jones. 
you might be the greatest light heavyweight of all time, <laughs> but you truthed me. <laughs> you took all my money. <laughs> you, you, like the, the, the rant that truth said a couple weeks, months, maybe a year ago now about him, all the money, all the back pay, you just fucked everything up. I don't care if someone spit in your face. I don't care if somebody was in your car and they were trying to steal it. Let them steal your car. You're John Jones. You shouldn't even be driving. You had a DUI. Do the Tiger Woods thing, man. Get a fucking chauffeur. Oh, wait. Tiger fucked up, too, because he didn't learn. John Jones. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not even trying to be critical because, like I said, the guy is one of the reasons why I love the sport and got into the sport. Legitimately. I'm not even I'm not even exaggerating. When he beat Matashenko. I watched that at the Ale House. I was the only person who even cared. They had the whole fucking thing up on the, the projector that they usually have hockey and football on. And I was the only one in there like, yes. And then Dana was like, you want to fight for the title in a couple of weeks? Yes. And from then on out, I was the biggest fan ever. I talked last episode about Michael Vick. I'm, I love dogs. This is worse than Michael Vick. How am I supposed to support this guy? How am I supposed to even act like I supported this? How am I supposed to defend him? How am I supposed to even give credence to his? Like, what am I supposed to do? R. Kelly just got put in jail today, pretty much. <laughs> Can you separate the art from the person in this case? When the art and the person are almost synonymous? It's I would, hard. I it's hard. Have, it's hard. hard consideration on on. John comparing Jones fighting him. being an art. Like, <laughs> I, know, I, know, I, know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It was a terrible comparison. And, and, and thank God that motherfucker's going to jail. Sorry, Brew. I know you like his music. Um, <laughs> the timing that of that was, was really funny. Jail cell. The timing of that was really funny because you were just talking about that last episode. I didn't want to bring it up right now. But I was yeah, just like, yeah. I wonder how Brew's feeling. He's still going to listen <laughs> to R. Kelly. No, I'm just. Um, <laughs> but like to me, man, I just. What am I what, like? How am I supposed to prop this man? Like, he, what, what, what am I? I just, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. It almost writes itself. Like I said to you guys, this is like the most John Jones thing ever. Inducted into the Hall of Fame for a fight you almost lost, ironically. And then fuck it all up six hours later. I, I I I just go back to about three, four, five minutes now. Fuck John Jones. That's that's all I got. I, I really I, I just ranted, but I literally my whole rant was literally just fuck John Jones in a long form. I'm just not there right now, man. <sighs> he broke my heart. It's not on the Michael Vick level, but it's it, I like you 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 walked into the heavyweight division. You you didn't do it like Usyk. I know it's a terrible comparison metaphor of all, but like you walked in asking for more money, you acted like you were bigger and better than everybody in your division. And now you may never even fight in that division. Fuck you for wasting our fucking time. John Jones, <laughs> somebody else take the stage before I keep going. Cause I'm pissed. Hold man. On. I, I just want to say, right, like, I, let me just get my rant of the way right quick. Cause it's going to be very quick. It's 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 funny that you say fuck you, John Jones, fuck John Jones, because I'm all my rant is simply gonna be go back on Spotify or Podbay or wherever you get all your, your podcasts. Uh <laughs> check up my name is Searle, episode 34, uh J Perry Free, uh the UFC 261 hangover episode. And that's the first thing I say when I give my John Jones rant is fuck John Jones. So <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Revert back to that, and you have my exact opinion. Simple. <laughs> Cheap plug.
And I probably I probably tried to defend John Jones then too. I did not listen back, and I might have to actually now after this. To, <laughs> I'm gonna to, put, to, that, put, put that to, on YouTube now. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> but I uh, like this is the thing. I was a fan. I'm a fan. I love the man, but I just uh. and, and I'll still defend him. Is he the greatest fighter of all time? Probably, but he's a prick. He's a goofball. He's a fuck up. He's a child, straight up. Right, so, complete. So this is going to sound weird, and maybe Brew can kind of differentiate the two. The best and the greatest. There's a difference. Is there not? I know that sounds strange, but when you talk about the greatest, is there not a moral upstanding that you have to kind of reach? Or are I we asking too much like, about combat sports? Uh, so I guess it's all time. I was going to say, if anything, I look at it like the best is like right now, the greatest is overall. Yeah. But it's still uh, of that's all fair. Time, so that's fair. No, it's still best of all time. So it's yeah. People say best of all time a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I but yeah, they say greatest of all time too. The goat obviously is a cool thing to say. Acronyms because I don't that's know, the man. thing. Like like we we joked about. Actually, we didn't joke about it. I joked this with Steve. Jesus, I'm getting episodes mixed up now. <laughs> uh, like I talk about Jack Nicholas supporting Donald Trump, for example. Like Jack Nicholas is still the greatest of all time, whether you like Donald Trump or not. And if you don't say Jack Nicholas is the greatest of all time, that just means you hate Donald Trump. It's got nothing to do with Jack Nicholas. You know, Michael Jordan was a womanizer. He quit because he had a gambling addiction, whether people want to admit it or not. Like he was suspended. He did not retire because he wanted to. There was a lot of shit going on. Is Michael Jordan the greatest of all time? Fuck yes. Greatest of all time. Wayne Gretzky? Gambling addiction as well. Womanizer. Greatest of all time. You know, I do all goats have scars? Like, there you go. <laughs> revert to the back. Revert back to the last episode. Like, yeah, I- that's that's where like. Combat sports is even more lenient. I feel like with the personality, like like we can't almost we almost can't punish John Jones's accomplishments because of what he did. But it's yeah. the thing that fucks with me and why I say fuck John Jones is he's played ring around the rosy with the heavyweight division for the last few months. All these videos showing us, look at my body. Da, 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 I want to be two seventy five so I can cut weight. Like you need to worry about your fucking head, bro. Like what's wrong with you? Like, what's wrong with you, man? You're John Jones. What are you doing? You like, like Dana said, he's got some demons. Yeah. If you didn't think he did before, you certainly do now. So sorry. I'm ranting again. No, it's all good. It just pisses me off because I really love this dude and wanted to see this next stage, man. See, no one was hyping him more than me. So 34. Right? (laughs) Like, no one's been hyping him more than me with the weight and the everything and that, this this is why you have three posts on a show because i hate what happened i i mean he's a fucking obviously an idiot it, it it's not gonna make me not watch his fights if he comes back it's you know what i mean like mcgregor got arrested four times in the last 18 months too and we're not saying that shit about him you know what i mean like jones is I'm a not little even, bit more yeah i'm know. not even saying that i wouldn't watch his fights but it's like I hated the fact that he did all this shit, and every time he came back, he got cheered by the fans. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's. Uh, the thing, but right? it's, it's like, see, it's I think in the fight game too, it's money, money wins, and like that's what no mat- can't, that's what right? Luke no Thomas matter was what saying. Conor McGregor did beating up that old man or smashing the bus or the sexual assault allegation, like no one said shit about that. As soon as he's back, boom! Like listen man. to the crowd of him against uh, 
Dustin. They were all from McGregor. Do you know what I mean? Like it's he he did. I think McGregor's you can't compare with John Jones because he's on another stratosphere of popularity. But and it, to be honest, John Jones hasn't been a liked guy in the ring. He's never been a huge literally. You know, none of none of his. I, I would be remiss to say after the I, pre- I just, after the after the pregnant woman car accident thing that was it oh yeah yeah because i think everybody who hated john jones before that just hated his dominance yeah. plus daniel well, yeah. cormier was well liked and his attitude and just he's I, I hate to make such a shitty comparison but it's like I, I really think it's it boiled down to especially with mma fans it was the steroids that's what uh really yes you know yes I mean? and like, no mma yes fans no. don't like cheats you know what i mean like legit mma fans Yes and no. Yeah. And the Especially reason, when it comes to fucking up a car and then I have to find a new main event and shit. The the reason I say no. TJ Dillashaw. Is because, well, yeah, but there's so <laughs> but many. TJ Dillashaw only did it once and he made yeah, it up yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. but we're, I'm talking about the guys back in the day who got caught for roiding then. And then after the fact, got caught for roiding in a different, like a different promotion. You know, nobody says Overeem isn't one of the greatest of all time because he roided. Yeah. Shail Sonnen had a great career. He roided. We all know uh, Romero roided, and he gets a lot of love. That uh, was he just times, brought though. up TJ Dillashaw. He roided. It, it's it like, and and you know, you just talked up, brought up Volkanovski, Ortega, that whole micro or or pico dose or whatever the fuck was in mm. his blood. Like pico gram. I feel yeah, pico gram. That's it. <laughs> I, I feel like. I feel like, and this is going to sound terrible, and I just brought this up ter- in a, the worst comparison ever before, and I'm going to bring it up in a, not equally worse, I guess it's probably a little bit of a better comparison. We all knew that Maguire, Sosa, Magu- and uh, Bonds and all them guys were cheating. We all knew they were on juice. Let them all juice. So it's it's like, is is the steroid thing really the demerit on John Jones? From a personal perspective, I haven't seen that many people bring up the steroid allegations except for the Cormier fans. It's because I, I, I think it's because he beat that uh, suspension. Remember the um, yep. he was proven innocent the, the I don't know second time. Yeah, and he got four years reduced to fifteen months. Yeah, he passed every test leading up to the fight, and that one test, like you know, seemed off or whatever according to the commissions. I don't know. I don't know the full details, but I know he fought it and won. Yeah, and that so, I, like that's one I, of those I, times got scratched. Truth, truth, you're not wrong. I think the steroids yeah. do play a big part, mm. but I think like more fans. If the only demerit on his record was the steroid use, he's still the greatest of all time, because we see other guys who have had the allegations Silva. or have been confirmed. Silva is a perfect example, but yeah. Silva ended up losing a bunch of times. His career went down the hill. John Jones is still climbing that mountain. But he's barely climbing yeah. the mountain. That's where the argument yeah. of... Oh, well, yeah, because he's pretty well at the summit. <laughs> but he's clean. But he's clean. the yeah. argument is he's been clean for the last few fights. He's barely won them, but he's still won them. Yeah. So My only point with Silva was just that he got caught. Yeah, yeah. and that's, that's no the thing. No matter what like, point like, in his career, like, you know, why are you taking that now after all this time? You know A-Rod I mean? never got caught. or Sorry, A-Rod got caught, but David Ortiz didn't. But we all know that they had the yeah. exact same person that gave yeah. them supplements. So... It's one of those situations where you got caught, you didn't get caught, or where and when you got caught, the timing of it. You know, we're we're, we're not trying to lie here. John Jones is – this is going to sound a little bit on the offside. He's a perfect human being. Every fucking muscle is maximized. He has 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Flexibility. He has range. He has speed. He has strength. John Jones is what you want to be. How did he get there? And I think that the steroid use truth to kind of be on the side of what you said is a demerit that people will always use against him. But I think the recklessness is probably the one thing that's going to truly hold him back because I think people can forgive the steroid use. I don't think people can forgive the the hard drug use, the DUI. The video of him with the cop. Did you see that one? Yes. And he's like, oh, whatever, right. give me a ticket. What are you, what are you, a loser? Like, yeah. As if you're going to give me a ticket. You know what I mean? And the, and, the, the strip club situation. Yeah. Like the putting, di- the putting his situation. hand on the. Yes. Yeah. It's just like. Yeah. I know. I can't. I. He's an idiot. Like to put. That's the thing. He's an idiot. Like lightly. addictions, <laughs> mental health, all that stuff. Respect yeah. it, understand it, suffer from it. Period. Yeah. Everybody who 100%. knows me knows it. His his best comparison, because you know I'm the comparison guy to me. Yeah. It, it, and it even goes before my time, but just because I've you know studied historian in boxing is Sonny Liston, mm-hmm. um, who I want to say was arrested like 15 to 20 times in the height of his boxing career. Jesus. And he'd just be like, he would like win a fight and go for you're going for a title in November and like October 30th, boom. Arrested for beating up a police officer, or like you know, what I mean, he the most craziest crimes you wouldn't think you would do if you're like about to be a world. Ch- you know what I mean? So he didn't have the the career that John Jones had necessarily, but I mean, you know, boxing purists love Sonny Liston. I'd, I'd argue Sonny Liston had a, a a more what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, charismatic career. I oh, think yeah. people still respect yeah. Sonny Liston. Yeah, I think John Jones has lost respect. Oh, 100%, yeah. it kind of sucks because we can have the greatest of all time argument. That's what we're doing right now. Conversing yeah. what 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 verifies it, what actually constitutes it. But respect is a big piece of being the goat. You know, I just brought up Gretzky. I just brought up Michael Jordan. I brought up their vices. They still have respect. Pete Rose. Pete He's Rose. Like the opposite oh. side of it. Oh, right? geez, you shouldn't have did it. You shouldn't have did it. The goat. The greatest of all time. Oh, there it is. Yeah. The greatest of all time, baby. As he pulls up a Pete Rose jersey. Yes, yeah, brother. Yeah. But he'll get in eventually. It's it's <laughs> but the, here's know, my, it's... my biggest con- like concern, fear, and I know what's gonna happen is they're gonna do it when he dies. Yeah, and like it just like but I, I think hate, it's still, I hate, it's still I a hate win. Bud Seelig. Yeah, like, it's still a win, even if he is dead, but I, I'd love to see it. Listen, if, if that if that the day that man goes into the Hall of Fame, if I'm working, I will take that day off because yeah. like I never saw Pete Rose play a game in my lifetime. He was like just the, that transcendent figure mm-hmm. that your grandparents and great grandparents talked about all your cousins and your uncles talked about. And then everybody who's my age, even though we miss Pete Rose's career. We knew who he was like, that's like these kids that were born in the late nineties. Like they don't know who Cal Ripken is, for example, it's like, you got to get educated. Cal Ripken was the goat. Like you can't talk about Iron Man. You can't talk about people who saw the ball. You can't talk about defensive goats without talking about Cal Ripken and kids these days don't know who Cal Ripken is. Meanwhile, I know who Pete Rose is. Mm Mm-hmm. So who's failing? Is it me for not educating the youth about who Cal Ripken is? Or is it the fact that this world moves so fucking fast that legends are being forgotten? Yeah, about? That, that's it a three hour another podcast, bro. It really is, man, because <laughs> I mean, we, like we touched it with the music thing, too. And it's 
you know, do and, they owe us OGs respect? Probably not. But like we came into the game respecting our OGs. Do you know what I mean? So it's just it's a different time. Social media. Everyone has a five second attention span. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, you know, I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. That's my best comparison to Sunny Liston. John Jones. You know, yeah. I, I did lose. I, I don't know how much more respect I can lose for John Jones. That's a good point. But I'm also like, unless you're like doing. a Yeah, see, I can't even say that. I was going to say like a Chris Benoit type thing. But then again, John Jones almost killed people. Do you know what I mean? So it's. Yes. Yeah. It just it, it doesn't it doesn't make Chris Benoit to me any less of a wrestler. He's still a goat. And I think. I think you know one I mean? of the things about John Jones. Oh, real quick, breaking news. <laughs> Ronda Rousey is a mother. She's oh, they had the baby. I thought they already had the baby. That's that's been old. How yeah. long ago? Like a weeks. minute. Yeah. Faking news. How long um, ago? Like at I least a month, I thought. No. Hold on. We we had a podcast recently where she already had it. Fuck off. I'm pretty sure. No, you know what it was? It was the gender reveal. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, when did they have the baby? Yeah. Huh. She was four months in April, according to Google. So September, four, October. She, yeah, yeah, that's now. It was the baby reveal. Both of you guys owe Kayla an apology if, if she just <laughs> broke this news and you both said, we already knew that shit, nigga. What no, the you, fuck? You know what? I, I, I think I was just taking it in my head that, like, She's a mother because she got pregnant. I think that's what I was going with. Not yeah, that she just had the it's baby. it's yeah. it's brand new. Yeah, and I was I'm, going by the gender reveal. I think. Sorry, Kayla. I love yeah. you. And, and we, boys, yeah. you better Thank give you, her an Kayla. apology right now. Right? <laughs> so sorry, miss so sorry, miss so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but hold on a second. She she gave the baby Elon Musk name. Oh my Jesus! I'm not even joking. Everybody's going on about the baby's name. Ronda Rousey. What a way to end the show. More drama. <laughs> One thing I will say, though, right quick, just end out the whole John Yeah, Jones please do, thing. please do, please um, do. Another reason why I think he's so hated so much, excuse me, is that he does he does all this stupid-ass shit, but in between him doing all this stupid-ass shit, he's doing the God will have my way, you know, thank oh, God, yeah. blah, 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 yeah. you know what I mean? And God's got my back, and, you know, yeah. I just do this for the love of God and, you know, make the world a better place. And he's, he plays this, you know, facade of this you know grateful you know mm-hmm. grace of god person and then as soon as the camera goes off he's running over pregnant women and shit and yeah yeah all right fellas i will give i'm not even joking okay no no i can't actually do this because one of you guys might fuck around and actually find the baby's name because i was going to offer up some money for you guys to spell this baby's name okay what's the baby's name let me see let me find out hey hey google lakia Makalapua Okalanipo Brown. What? I'm not lying. The baby's name. What was that on episode one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not lying. The baby's name is L A apostrophe A K E A. That's the first name. Here's the middle name. M-A-K-A-L-A-P-U-A-O-K-A-L-A-N-I-P-O over. Brown. Makalakapukalakanakanaka Brown. Literally. So, like... I just looked at it. Where the fuck is that name coming from? Doesn't Travis Brown have ties to, like, Hawaii? I don't know. I'm about to dig into this one right now. I think he does. 
I'm pretty sure he has. Yeah, a great look at his middle too. name. Look at his middle name. Yeah, Kualialoha. Yeah, I'm pretty ah, sure. Fuck, he was born in Hawaii. Yeah, how did I, I not knew, know I this? He had the tie there, and he had uh, a bunch of. Shout out to all you ignorant fuckers on Twitter making fun of this baby's name when this baby's name might actually have something to it. Significance, yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah, I try yeah, to see if yeah, if Google will give me a voice answer to see how they would pronounce it. It, it wouldn't even bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> it, just la- it just laughed at you. Nice try. <laughs> Here are your top results. <laughs> I just I never post on Twitter, but this guy posted. Did Ronda Rousey have a mixed race baby? Because that middle name belongs to a white baby. And I said, the husband is Hawaiian. Delete this shit, you fat fuck. <laughs> 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 I don't even know if this person is fat, but and I shout out to fat people. I love actually, I love all people. It's terrible. Chris Bullion, uh, you're trying to get a 30 day ban. From yeah, I'm trying to get a 60 day ban at this point, man. I'm about to get banned from Anchor too. You cannot upload this podcast. Blah blah blah. Uh, Chris Earl's opinion and views are not the views. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The podcast. The opinion of himself. Pod shot. No, I'm just that's a terrible place to put the show. <laughs> Fellas, I appreciate this, boys. I fuck yeah. I've been flirting with this whole daily podcast idea and i'm not going to get one out today let's be real uh, it'll be out tomorrow but um i knocked out three today i'm trying to knock out two more tomorrow we're going to knock out daily it's just me ranting and mumbling and not even making any sense right now because i feel like i'm at that fucking point and i've said this to you guys before I've let you guys down over the last couple of weeks, whether it's missing something or, or canceling or rescheduling. I just appreciate you guys for sticking around being in my corner and taking your own goddamn corner of this fucking ring. Cause what you guys got going with this thing is just going to be, I don't even know the Red Bull rocket. Is that what we're going to like? Is this going to be the Red Bull rocket? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to call it. Like it's, it's, it's getting there and, and I'm, motivated i told you this truth because brew you were missing all day today like i'm there now and the 10 count is on a number 15 14 14 15 something like that it's crazy to say that but like that's where we're at and Mm -hmm. why not why not so i appreciate you guys thanks for having faith in me and sorry for being corny at the end of this shit again (laughs) what we do man (laughs) <laughs> we're, we're always corny at the end. Love you. we we harvest we harvest the corn at the end we harvest the corn at the end um i i, I want to do a take for we leave too yeah for real go ahead bro um we'll close up with this well okay it's a two-parter first is just really quick because i'm all about the numbers i love numbers and stats whatever um so as a trivia question you probably never guess this but john jones is never He's not in the top 15 for pay-per-view draws. Right? I did know that, actually. I did yep. know that. And he's not in the top 15? He's not in, not in the top 15. Even his second fight with... Uh, Rashad and... Uh, oh, no, sorry. His uh, second... Cormier? Am I blanking? Gustafson. No white dude. Gustafson. Gustafson. Yeah. That's it, like number 26. Rashad, Rashad, Rashad and Gustafson were both top 15 or 20. But I think yeah, I both think... fell out. Yeah. Yeah, they fell out, and Connor has five of the top six. Okay, We're, so l- let's have fun. Let's have fun. Let's have fun. Let's have fun. Okay, hold on. Where does hold the on. Cormier fight fall on that? It doesn't. None. None yeah. of the three did, bro. They really? they, none of them 20. drew. None of the three. None of them drew. None of the Cormier really? fights drew. 
Yeah. Um, That's why it was never yeah. on the table after Cormier ended up losing yeah. to um, Stipe the the last time because that was like Cormier wow. wanted Cormier wanted to do one more, and it was at like the end of Jones's light heavyweight run, and John yeah. Jones was like, "Why the fuck would I waste my time with that guy? I already kicked his ass." Yeah. So, well, yeah. So, but I, I did know that. I did know that. This is where okay. if Dana decides to release John Jones. I wouldn't be surprised. And on John Jones's end, it might be what he wants. I it, it's be. fucked up. I mean, as that is the too. Like, I don't know why the fuck I brought this guy to Vegas. You know what I mean? Like, you shouldn't have had handlers, but you, at the same you time, you shouldn't have handlers because you're a grown ass man. Oh, there you go. You froze. You froze for a second, and your hand was up, and I couldn't <laughs> see what you were doing. You looked like you were about to like punch yourself in the face. <laughs> you were like this. I was like, "What is he doing?" And then when he came back, you were like, no, that, is, "That is me punching myself in the face." We got to talk about John Jones yeah. anymore. Yeah, <laughs> we're done. On to, on to, on to McGregor. No, I just have another thirty second. Yeah, no, I was gonna say, top, give me give me the second piece. I'll give you his uh, the top six first. Oh no, I, I wanted to guess this. Okay, hold on, okay. hold on, time out. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Should me know guess. number one. Well, it's Poirier. No, oh, no, is it Khabib? I was gonna say Khabib. McGregor Khabib. So Khabib, Poirier, Poirier are three of them. 180 million they made. So Khabib, Poirier, Poirier are three of the six, right? No. What? Yep. Only one Poirier fight is in the top six. Well, his first no, fight. There's none in the top six. No, 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 no. You gotta be looking at a dated list, bro. There's no oh, way that Poirier oh, three. Oh, yeah, no, no, you're right. Poirier three is number four. Okay, don't do okay. that to me. No, hold on, my bad. So just okay. one of the Poirier fights are in the top. Yeah. yeah. So Khabib Poirier. So that leaves four fights. Cowboy. Nope. Oh shit! McGregor, I already lost. No, 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 no. Let truth. Let truth guess. Let yeah, truth guess. Ahead. Nate Diaz two. That's number two. That was my next guess. Yeah. Oh, truth is looking. You're cheating. <laughs> I'm just. No, joking. I'm, I'm, I'm just joking. Gonna, I'm joking, I'm just, bro. I'm joking. I want to say Nate Diaz won the first fight. Is that in there that's, too? That's in the top five too. So yeah, two okay, Diaz's, Khabib and Poirier. Poirier jumped. He knocked Lesnar Mir down. So Poirier three. Lesnar Mir two. Yep. Wow. And Chad Mendes. No, the next the when once you go to the top five, it's Aldo McGregor and Alvarez McGregor. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have guessed Aldo. I would not have guessed Alvarez. Yeah, I mean, either, but he came from Bellator the same way Chandler. Yeah, did, right? Ireland's a big um, country paying for pay per views, my friend. Straight up, straight up. <laughs> yeah, the only the only other thing I was gonna say, boys, just talking about the Valentina thing and the dominance. Like, thank God for Ronda Rousey, and and you know, before she signed, Dana was like, I'll never sign women. You know what I mean? Like they bring, they brought so much to the UFC, but I do think that these women are ahead of their time, like Nunez and Shevchenko, because I was reading an article like about a month ago how it's the highest uh, increase in women joining sports. It's beat out soccer, yeah. it's beat out hockey. And the only sport that's more else. than, I think the only sport that's more is volleyball, if I'm not mistaken. And that might yeah. only be the States. But the percentage rise around the world yeah. is MMA. Uh, around so the I world. Think, okay, yeah. there you go. So I think in like five to ten years, you're going to see eight Shevchenkos or six Nunes. You know what I mean? Like, And they're all going to bud up at the same time, which I think will be a huge strength or a huge uptick in UFC in the competition. 
Yeah, well, it's right? funny you just said that because Shevchenko just said something like that too. She said like a lot of these girls are coming in with yeah. you know five years, six years, eight years experience. Yeah. She says I've been doing this for twenty plus years. Exactly. Yeah, and it shows, so it's, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like exactly. the Usyk Joshua thing. You know what I mean? And like, you and you see that in all sports, like uh, yeah. Dan Tarazi and Sue Bird just played their last game together. Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. bro! When did they start? The nineties? Oh, yeah, like nineties. Right? Yeah, and yeah. like soccer Canada just broke the egg. When it comes mm-hmm. to Olympic soccer, it's been the United States for years. But yep. like when you look at women's Olympic soccer or women's soccer in general, you've got South Korea, you've got Japan, mm-hmm. you've got Australia, you've got Sweden. Mm-hmm. Now Canada's in that mix with the United States as well. Mm-hmm. Tennis, Serena dominated for years. Yeah. And she can't get over that hump. Why? Know, right? Because yeah. she's dealing with all these young girls who are inspired by her. So it's 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 just common it, it's a thing that happens in women's sports where we're not trying to say that women's sports are behind but you can clearly see who's ahead of the game yeah. way more than in the men's sports way more than wrestling is a prime sports. example perfect look at the, look at 10 years ago what the women were compared to where they are now yeah well said like this you yeah. know what i mean i said that i think i said that to you truth like even though the women's divisions in most of these wrestling promotions are kind of stagnant the talent is undeniably way better than it used to be it just takes somebody taking a true chance on platforming the women above the men and wwe gave that a shot and it worked in some instances and it failed in others but the majority of the superstars in wwe right now are women that were kind of from that evolution era like they're not superstars, but they're still there. Like they're mm-hmm. still there. Like off the top of my head, who's new? Uh, Shayna. Like and then Rhea and then Bianca. After the evolution era, like oh, after- there's not a whole lot of women that are in the division right now that are post evolution era. Just those three. Am I wrong? Yeah, not that I can really think of on the top of my head right now. Was like Nia Jax, maybe? Was she post evolution or, or did she, she... was at evolution? Yeah, so like post evolution, there's not. I mean, um, Nikki Cross, I guess we count too, but like I'm there's sure just Nikki Cross was there too. There you go. So like there, there's like that's I, I haven't watched that pay per view in forever, but I... but that's the overlap. Like yeah. that's where we're at this new age where the women are more talented than they've ever been but they're arguably getting as little screen time as they've ever gotten. Like Vince gave jazz more time than he's given some of these women. You know what I'm saying? Some like, of them, but you got to think, man, just a couple of years ago, the women made uh, WrestleMania or main event at WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Like it's just last year the they had women WrestleMania main event. WrestleMania Bianca and Sasha. Yep. Um, these girls are getting main events on raw pretty well every second or third week. So it's yeah. compared to, all you had back then was Trisha Lita. That was the only main event that was ever yeah. female. Monday Night Raw, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's the talent that completely. A lot of people say that it's the the Bella Twins that that forced the women's revolution and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it was the four horsewomen, man. It was Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, and Sasha. Those girls put on a show. They they. Bailey was amazing. Term, but you guys understand what I'm saying. Like they wrestled like men. They mm. they went out and they wrestled. They didn't do no girly diva shit. They didn't nope. do. You know what I mean? Like um, yeah, that's wrestled. it, man. That's it. And that's what the company is now. The company is not treating them like divas. The company is treating them like wrestlers now. So that's the biggest difference. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I think you guys would agree with me across the board, the women's divisions in every promotion are as talented. The and... women killed this year's Olympics. Period. Mm. Yep. Period. I mean, like it's <laughs> like our down. softball team won bronze. Our women's soccer team won gold. Women's mm-hmm. track did well. Women's swimming did well. You know, I'm not hating on our men because our men do their thing, too. Like, our, we're Canadian at the end of the day. Like, we ain't trying to look at one side or the other. We ain't trying to look at race, religion, Let's sex, gender. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but, the, but the point you're making is a very strong one, Truth. That, and, and Brew, you having a daughter, this is what I hope. That in 15, 20 years that this conversation doesn't have to happen. Right? Yeah. Like, we're celebrating yeah. the third gold medal by the canadian women's soccer team but we're not talking about the canadian women's soccer team like damn canada got their third gold in soccer i know right who cares who won it it's our third gold will we ever get to that point who knows but wrestling can awkwardly be a spearhead and they've tried they -hmm. have tried and i don't think that that door is closed because all i see in every promotion from impact to nwa from wwe to aew and even in new japan just talented, talented, talented women and female wrestlers. Just it's, to kind of loop it all back around and, and kind of cap it off. It's, oh, to the UFC? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, well, it, it just kind of this whole women's evolution and revolution and all this stuff, Ronda Rousey. Mm. It wouldn't have happened in WWE if Ronda Rousey didn't blow up in UFC. And Simple. vice versa. Yeah. Because oh, Ronda I, Rousey was blowing up in the UFC before the women's no, but my point is, is there's there That's is the reason a, why it did blow up because Ronda Rousey was making such a name for women in sports that it's like and, WWE and women like, well, to let's be strong. Yeah, right. Like it wasn't the Tory Wilson and the Sables. No, you know I mean, was like it was badass. Ask yeah, you her. look at Bianca Belair. Look at her footage of her track in the university days, like at Tennessee. And all the shit, her lifting weight. I saw a video of her the other day squatting, like, way more than I've squatted. Oh, she's an athlete. You know I, mean? she, like, I forget who it was now, but, like, she completely <laughs> body pressed them over her head and then yeah. walked up the stairs and then yeah. threw her into the ring. Like, that's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a strong woman. That's the, yeah. You know what I mean? They're yeah. athletes. Yeah. Now compared I to agree, though. I, I think Ronda Ronnie. Rousey, across the board, brought that. And combat sports of all, like, all kinds. 100%. Yeah. She's, and what, she's inspiring the, these girls right now. You and know. the point I was getting at, Truth, like, not to say that that the WWE put Ronda over because she was already a star in the UFC, but to see Ronda do both, that was kind of the, the glass ceiling breaking, if you will. Like mm-hmm. if you were like Madonna got into acting how many times, but could just, could just couldn't break through. Like I'm just, this, this is a random example, but like think of all the male singers and, and, and artists who ended up becoming pretty successful mm-hmm. actors. There's not many females who were able to do it. And it's because of that marginalization. And I feel like Rhonda broke that glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Holly Holm did it before her. Like Holly Holm did it at the same time as her. And Holly Holm arguably way more accomplished because Rhonda went from amateur judo to MMA. Whereas Holly went from professional boxing as one of the greatest female professional boxers of all time to one of the top. Rhonda just had the better character. Rhonda, this is just it. So yeah. would Holly Holm work in the WWE? No, <clears throat> no. And He's and Rhonda, Rhonda shouldn't have. If you know what I'm saying, Rhonda took what Dana created. And I'm not saying Dana actually made her, but Dana saw something in her. And that I mean, we're, we're complaining about the women's UFC division at times, but it's it exists 
on that premise, on that belief, on that vision. Dana saw something in her, which then convinced him to see something in dozens of other women. And now we may have a generation of girls who are like, I'm going to get into this and get into that. Mm-hmm. Clarissa Shields, Kayla Harrison, these girls would be crazy in the WWE. They mm-hmm. have a name, they have a platform, they have a premise. Yeah. Can anybody in the UFC do it right now? Uh, but goddamn, you're right. I'm tuning in to see Cyborg. Oh, hell yeah. And that's ne- that wouldn't have been a thing if it wasn't for Ronda. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, like, I think that uh, I love that we're ending the show with this right now because I think it is an underheralded thing. And I've talked about this with people before. I've actually talked about this with my girlfriend before. I don't think we appreciate Ronda Rousey enough for the doors she mm-hmm. opened, the ceiling she broke. Mm-hmm. And like you said, truth, being able to be not vanilla, for lack of better terms, but to be yourself and create a character mm-hmm. out of that that mm-hmm. makes people from multiple sports and multiple entities want to tune in and see you. Like, she was the first MMA fighter on the cover of People magazine. Yep, yep. There's been a couple well, since, but she you was know the what, first. She, right? took, like, she took probably the most hard-headed owner, promoter. Maybe he's up there with Vince. Who knows? And the most just devious and, like, spiteful guy that said he'd never, ever have a women's MMA division of any weight class. And nine months later, that girl was doing a, you know, was headlining a show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's I can't see any other woman in history doing that, you know? Yeah. So she she paved the way for everybody, literally. 100%. And, and yeah. she, gets, she gets hate for bowing out. But you know what? <clears throat> like I said, fuck John Jones. Fuck you. Like, if you hate on Ronda and any entity, fuck you. Yeah. I, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. I think her hate for bowing out is more for how she acted when she bowed out. Especially against like like, wrestling sucks and da 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 da. Yeah. Just, yeah, just the way she acted. Like, I don't want to say a crybaby, but like, you know, she didn't take her losses very well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? When you have to go on a hiatus for a year because you lost your first fight. Yeah. Like, that's, you know what I mean? I can see why people hate on her for that shit. But at the end of the day, I mean, I said it with the WWE, there, there would not be no women's evolution of these top superstars, women wrestling. Mm. And, and if it wasn't for Ronda Rousey and UFC, it just yeah. wouldn't happen. And there would not be a good chunk of these UFC stars. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for Ronda Rousey, period. And I mean, period. that kind of boils down to what we're saying is because all these people became fans of Ronda Rousey and Ronda wasn't that long ago. They're all like, well, I want to do this too. So that's yeah. why we only have such a selection of female fighters that are yeah. only seven years deep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But another yeah. 10 years, that's going to be nuts. And even, I mean, look at for, I mean, well, I know we've all watched it, but I was around at the time it was actually going on like a UFC one and two and da da da. Like yep. all, all it was 99% men. We can, we can say that the, the viewers are 99% men. You know what I mean? And now all these men are having daughters and shit like that. Now, if Zara says to me, Hey, I want to train in May, like I'm going to be proud of that. Whereas even five years ago, you'd be like, you can't, you're never going to be in UFC. You know what I mean? And all that is Ronda Rousey. Right. Wild to say, man. Wild to yeah. say. All right, fellas. That's a good cap on the evening. Yeah. Y'all be good. Y'all be safe. Yes. And uh, always. I'm trying to think of what to This will be out tomorrow. Both will be out tomorrow. I think I'm going to do Steve in the morning because it's pretty much done. I wanted to do okay. Steve tonight. Mm-hmm. I just had to give it the run through, but I don't have enough minutes in the day now to give it the run through. But <laughs> that'll probably be out in the morning when we wake up and then. 
We'll have this out tomorrow night uh, slash tonight slash now slash maybe yesterday if you're listening the day after. But appreciate you all for tuning in. Appreciate you boys for giving me some time to talk about all things combat sports and whatever other sociology topics we decide to put on the platform. <laughs> Pod Shop Network is just heating up, folks. So stay tuned. And I, I can't even think of what's next. What's next? Wilder Fury? I think uh, there's yeah. no, yeah, there's not a lot yeah. of big, U- I mean, the draft, I guess the, the WWE draft. Yeah, we got the WWE yeah. draft. Um, I can't think UFC because like Vittori and Costa and Holly's um, fight, they're a little down yeah. the road, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe we can bust out this watch long series and, and bring out uh, some new episodes. Maybe, uh, maybe we can bring uh, uh, back to, to uh, Michael's uh, Undertaker uh, WrestleMania. Uh, whoa, whoa, wait, a what series? You said a watch along series, by the way. A watch along series. Like series? Yes, sir. Uh, it's you know, it's where us three will sit together and, and watch something and react to it live. And then if you guys want to sit down and watch along with us, that'd be awesome. And if you want to join us on the 10 count and watch along with us. We've got spot for one. So yeah, we can do that. we've got a spot for one. I said, we've got spot for one. I sound like fucking Dagestani <laughs> fighter right now. Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking we show brew the Shawn Michaels undertaker WrestleMania series. And I think we should get Steve to join us. I think that would be a fucking last. Let's do that. Fun. Let's do that before the draft. Let's do that before the draft or, or even after the draft, let's fuck the, fuck the draft, fuck the draft. We'll talk about the draft, <laughs> but a watch along Shawn Michaels undertaker. I think that's sufficient. I think that's That'd be sufficient. A little something. That'd be a little something. Now let's let's plan this out before we go. What's match number two? Well, we can watch Undertaker's Michaels one and two. Yeah, we can do that the same night though. Yeah, we can do that same night. Yeah. Hmm. Number two. Well, are we gonna go to the pro wrestling? Or are we gonna go something else? No, we'll we'll we for the majority of the flashback watch alongs, I think WWE is more fun. Okay, UFC well, is fun, but like it's if that's the case, then we'll take Brew back to watch uh Bailey and Sasha or and uh yeah, Bailey and Sasha Banks in Brooklyn NXT. Oh, you know what yeah. I actually want? You know what I actually want? No, yeah, or we can do Undertaker streak losing to Brock. Oh no, because there's a lot of backstory <laughs> between that. Oh, you don't know what though? No, no, no. Triple H Undertaker would be fun. That was a good one. Did the end of the era one? Yeah, with um, yeah, Shawn Michaels as, as the referee. special guest referee. That was a um, great match. Have you ever seen, Brew? Uh, have you ever seen the Kurt Angle, Shane McMahon, the King of the Rings? Oh, bro. Yeah. I did, I did yeah. see that, yeah. Oh, darn, because that is a fucking great watch. That's man. a really oh, good one. Man. We might have to watch that one anyways, just because yeah, yeah. it's so good. Um, but there's Shane there's McMahon so once every couple months would be fun. Yeah, there's yeah, there's so many we can do. There's I know so he was nuts, eh? I got, Shane was nuts, bro. Shane I got was some '80s nuts. ones for you guys too. I'm sure you've seen some of them, but let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. See, listen, Stay listen. One, one one of these nights, we're gonna like rent out a bar, put it on a projector, and have like 15, 20 people. Listen, and bro, and the- just. Something to wrestle with, and then 83 weeks they all do live podcasts like at a bar. Yeah. Like, you buy tickets to come watch and do a podcast live. So, yep. it's I'm yep. sure we could find something to do. Yeah. And if you don't want to buy a ticket, folks, just come, just come drink buy me a just, beer. Yeah, <laughs> 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 Shit, we'll buy you a beer. Just show it. No, I'm just playing. I'm just showing 10 count, baby. Thanks, you fellas. And thanks, thanks, thank you. <laughs> I don't even know what his thanks use, fellas. I swear to God, that's what I said. Nah, boys, appreciate it. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Peace.